0: Hey everyone, welcome to another amazing episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ashthorpe, and this is going to be episode 113. As the prodigal son returns, my mentor from the prologue days, Danny Yon, is back for round two after a two-year gap between episodes. Danny shares what he's been up to since our last talk and reveals his new company, Prodigal Pictures, and how things have progressed for him in his life. We also discuss what Danny looks for in a collaborative teammates and creating world-class work and how to present it. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is an amazing service that allows you to have a very unique web presence by eliminating the time and resources it used to take to create a custom website. It's incredibly easy to use and allows you to create something beautiful in a matter of minutes. So just start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code TCP at checkout to get 10% off. Here we go, everybody. Episode 113 with my buddy Danny Yott. Let's roll. All right. Well, let's jump in. So, I mean, since the last time we spoke, we t- we covered so many really um, special topics and and concepts. I think we talked about everything from depression to success and sharing that success. And um, we kind of talked a lot about re- a lot of really interesting personal things as well. And now you've com- you've changed quite a bit. I think into a different stage of your life as well, as far as where you're going and how, how you're building that, um, that bridge. How are you feeling now? Like what's, what's kind of new in your life and kind of, I don't know, it's been, a, I think it's been two years now since we talked in the last episode.
1: Wow. It has been. That's true.
0: Yeah. It's flown- It's flown by. You were episode three. So we were at 112 now or Holy cow. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's flown by. Time flies when you're staying incredibly busy, which I know you are uh,
1: always busy as well. So things are good. Let's see. Last time we talked, I think I went. I went to the robot company. You you had a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you got me over at the robot company. Can we even say the name? We can't, can I think we. I think we
1: can if you're comfortable with it. Yeah, I don't think. I think it's fine. It was, it was cool. Intuitive Surgical. They had this nice little da Vinci robot that they use in surgery and amazing this guy named Mike wanted us to just sort of really make a difference with what they were doing and I think we did for a little while and then um I think they shifted product and they focus on a different one while that one's out in the field and that's kind of their current focus right now but I thought that was really interesting
0: yeah a little shout out to Mike Mike is uh Hanooshnik, right? Is that how you say his last name? I always messed it up. It was a very complicated last name. But Mike is a really great person. And it's, really. It's Hanooshnik. Hanooshnik. Yeah. 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 Such a cool guy. And yeah. just really smart, visionary. and yeah. um, Very positive. Real real good vibe coming from him. Absolutely. So a little shout out to him because he was kind of the conduit, you know. And he's also a fan of the podcast, which is awesome. So it's good. thumbs up. But yeah, you were out there and you were kind of. You had, um, this is a transition from the last studio you're working at. Yeah. Was that a bit of a shocker for you?
1: It was. I mean, you know, you go, you jump and you go from this crazy stuff to the corporate world and it's a totally different deal. Yeah. And, and, um, I liked, I liked the people a lot that I was, I I thought the work was interesting. I had a tough time with the culture. I, I, um, It's 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 a different thing. People are a lot of people are in companies for different reasons. And um, it just I personally don't feel like it was a good fit for me, but I had a good time while I was there. And then it just became time to kind of, you know, shift my focus and come back. And then I started this company and came back. And so it's been good. It's been really good.
0: Yeah. We talked a little bit, um, in transition, um, what you were going through and stuff, because it was quite a bit of a change, you know, going from film and movies and that kind of madness to kind of production and, and company-like kind of, um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if there are other, would you consider them a nine to five kind of a place?
1: Yeah. Very. Yeah. M- so very yeah, m- it's,
0: it's a bit rigid, but at the same time, a completely different dynamic as far as the flow and output and this time and duration speed Um, that change though was, was it a unique experience for you to kind of see what you wanted and what you didn't want? Is that kind of the experience necessarily? Or.
1: I I think so. I think what ended up happening with me personally is I just became a little bit anxious career wise. Like, did I make the right move? You know, I started getting a lot of calls from people and I'm like, what do I do with this? Yeah. And so it kind of just sort of ripped me back to where I am now. And it was, it was good to come back.
0: So now you own your own company, Prodigal, right? Prodigal Pictures? Yeah. So how was that process? Like, you know, you went from working at Intuitive um, and then transitioning into working and creating your own company and going back home down South, right? Because Intuitive is up in San Jose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah beautiful city up there too it's a crazy amount of technology up there it's they have so much of it it's awe-inspiring crazy amount of money up there too
1: yeah super smart people it's weird you're listening to conversations in the hallway and these guys are like you know some of them aren't like nuclear physicists and stuff like that it's just nuts well Doug Paul you remember Paul yeah Yeah. Paul Moore is actually a rocket scientist yes the nicest guy
0: such a sweetheart. Loved working with him. Really great. Incredibly smart. I love working with really smart people because it rubs off on you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least I hope it does.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a- really creative guy too. So you, it's a, it's definitely a different mix. Yes,
0: absolutely. It was a really unique thing. So you yeah. go from up there in Northern California and a bit of a shell shock and then you come back down, you mentioned that you had been getting contacted um, by other, um, so like clients in the industry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just got a
1: call from a bunch of calls from some old clients and and it kind of puts you in this position of you know what are you gonna what are you gonna do with that? You can't just I don't think it's wise to just kind of toss that and move on, so sure i've I've negotiated with the company to come back and kind of do both, and that worked for a good amount of time and then I just eventually just transitioned into this fully. But it's been good. It's been a. It actually was for me personally one of the best years I've ever had.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that, and it made me so happy as your friend to hear that because I know how hard and how much you love what you do, and it's really important. Personal happiness and is obviously a very important thing, and um, you know, losing that or getting lost, searching for that can be very daunting. You know, so. It was really great to hear. Can you kind of explain about like what it was that kind of improved your overall um, happiness and your decision making?
1: Well, I think I think when I went when I came home and I did that first project under this banner, which really was created to service clients, I think it's important for them, you know, to um, have something they can attach this work to. And and you you're set up that way anyways. You have to function like a company, so you just call it one. And so it was a very organic process for me personally. But when I did that, I just realized this is what I do. Yeah. And I realized how much I love doing it. I think for a little while, I almost fantasized about just sort of doing something else.
0: What was that something else? You know. It, I don't know. (laughs) Completely different to something completely different. Kind of like what you were doing, I guess, but a little bit more different.
1: Yeah, just something different. Because you do something for a long time and you just start to wonder what else is going on. And I think when I went to Silicon Valley and saw everything going on, I had this idea that there's sort of this renaissance going on in that area. Oh, yeah. But even though it is so prolific that way you have a hard time finding people who kind of think the same way you do. And that isn't, that isn't a bad thing. I think people in the engineering field and those kinds of fields have a very different mindset than the stuff that we do where we're kind of working on it on more of a fantasy level.
0: Oh yeah. We're uh, always in the ether almost, you know, kind of caught up in the what ifs and that, you know, the possibilities of things, you know,
1: yeah, and we're not thinking about how what we do actually fits into something that can physically work. We're just, those boundaries are kind of gone. So, trying to find, you know, a good relationship with those two worlds is a little bit, di- it's it's a little bit difficult in that, in that industry, I think.
0: Totally. I have friends that call me a finger painter, so we're living in the finger painter land. <laughs> <laughs> we're like the kids in the back of the class like giggling and not a care in the world and, yeah so totally different dynamics but it's interesting to hear that though because i was curious about how you're going to experience that too i think there's moments in my career where i would like to exit this industry at some sometimes so i get kind of I get a little bit over over i don't know I get a little tired of it you know um it's a love hate thing you know
1: it's, you know, it's great what we do. We love what we do, but sometimes there's so much of it. it's, it's And sometimes it gets a hold of you where you're just like, ah, you got to push away just for a second to kind of breathe. Yeah. That's you know, crazy.
0: It can be really tough and really tough on your mental if you're not cautious and careful, I think, too.
1: Yeah. So you're that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But it's exciting. It's good to be working. I think we could all say that. Absolutely. I think
0: you and I have agreed and talked about that is it's kind of um a thing that we share is is our work ethic and it comes from where we come from in life and our family backgrounds and just kind of i think you would agree too is we're happiest when we're in a almost a chaotic state of working you know um that blissfulness of just accomplishing multiple things and enjoying that process you know
1: yeah definitely
0: do you like working on multiple things at the same time? Or what, what's what? What's the most happy? Like, what what makes you happiest?
1: I do and I don't. I do when... It works? In the concept. <laughs> I do in the concepting phase. I don't when I kind of lock down into production. Like, sure. When I'm in production mode, I, I have to focus on it 100%. And But sometimes there's a little gap in that cycle where it's good to have a couple of other things going on, but I like to just sort of be very mono focused in some of these things. Yeah.
0: Is it because of the duration of time and the, the the bringing it really to life? Cause concept is, is, is more just kind of fun and productions when you're actually having to take responsibility for those creative decisions and stuff, right?
1: Yes. I'm not sure if it, if it's about time for me personally, I think it's more about trying to pack into one thing as much as I possibly can. So there's almost kind of this obsessiveness about, well, yeah, sure, it's related to time, I guess. Just
0: bringing it to reality, though. I mean, it's it's a great responsibility, you know. I guess it's as close as we get to becoming engineers. I think it's, it's, it's that transition, I suppose, you know. Yeah. So you come back down back home and, uh, you decided to create your own company. And what about what, what, I mean, you, it's kind of like a hot and cold, um, you know, it's not like going to try out another studio. What spawned the decision for you to, to create your own voyage venture kind of thing? I think just cause I've always wanted to really, did you know that you always wanted to, or it was just kind of like a revelation that you had through this transitionary period of your
1: life? I think I I think I've always wanted to but just was never sure if it was the right thing. I always worried that if I did that that what I was doing currently would not exist anymore. You know, a lot of the title work that I did and all that kind of stuff. And I think to a degree that's correct. But at the same time in this phase for me personally, it was the right thing to do. Just because I I did all that stuff. Yeah. And, and I think I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me to learn all of the stuff that goes along with that things that I had never thought of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're learning it through each stage, right? I guess it's like a layered cake. If you look at it like that, Um, you didn't just go and win the, the, uh, the um, what do you call those things? And you, the lottery, you know, you didn't just win the lottery. You've actually earned each step. And I think personally, when I look back at my own experience in life, if you earn each step, it makes your life a little bit more um, layered, I guess, or yeah. it's, it has a lot more you, I think you, as a business owner, now you can kind of see a better perspective now and understand what it was like to be all the way from uh, a, a designer to creative director and all these things and to actually owning and operating and running your own studio. Yeah. Once you say is a perspective that you're that you kind of occurred over the years.
1: You learn things that you, 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 have to focus on things that you never had to focus on before.
0: What know? is that exactly? Cause I have to deal with a lot of the same things. <laughs> I have my own company as well and it's a, oh. a transition as well. So,
1: well, you know, paying people and keeping everybody happy and keeping the brand intact and, and, you know, making, doing your best to steer where you want that to go. Um, And that's a challenge too, you know, absolutely. I've wrestled a lot with sales, you know, and all all that kind of stuff. But for me personally, just right now, I don't, I'm kind of resisting until I absolutely need to have something like that.
0: Oh, like have uh, a sales assistant or somebody that's taking care of that, that kind of faction of the, the process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. It's a trust thing too. Um, and yeah. finding the right members. How do you go about finding members? I have a, a couple of my own strategies um, that I've been learning about personally, but I'm curious to see kind of how you've been able to find your own kind of uh, your pathway.
1: I don't think I've, I haven't had to have it yet, fortunately, but I think someday when I do that, finding that right partner would be difficult for me but i've heard i've heard it from both sides i have th- at least a view that i have currently is that it either works or it doesn't and no one really knows if it's going to work
0: yeah until you try it and build it out
1: yeah i don't i hear i hear some people that are friends of mine that own businesses also who are like it's absolutely critical and then I hear the other 50% say, you know, I just don't know what they did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, almost,
0: it's, it's almost like um, you just know when you know and we all have our own processes and it all, it all makes sense based on our own personal values. And that's all yeah. subjective, you know, so it's kind of hard to tell. There is no right or wrong, right?
1: I don't think so. And I, Is it important? I think it probably
0: is. Well, it's about I, time, right? Running a company is about efficient time management and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I think it's. know.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think it depends on how big you want to be. That's really. true. That's it. And that's a really great thing. Did you write out like a mission statement for your own kind of where you're trying to go with this stuff?
1: No, not really. Other than just a description of what I am. That's cool. Yeah. Well, as long
0: as you had like um, a destiny, right, or a destination, and somewhat kind of formed out. I haven't written out my own either, but I don't really. I know what it is inside. So, and you're like you said how big you want to be. I mean, that's a perfect example of understanding your own personal growth and what that means. And how how big are you trying to be? Are you trying to be um small. small? Yeah. And what's the what's the beauty in remaining small? I I know myself why I like to stay small, but what about it? What's the what's the lure to stay small for you?
1: I think control. Yeah. That sounds a little that sounds wrong, but I think, you know, we do it's actually a good thing um yeah. i think if if i ever lose the ability to service my clients and to give them what they want and to be happy with what i'm giving them then i think there's a problem yeah. so i'm trying to not allow that to happen i think that's the challenge with doing something like this is keeping that intact
0: yeah i think that's a really key thing i at least especially for your career and what you do because you're um, kind of a, a particular craftsman. And I think if you're not able to really assemble and build these things within the control that you have, then almost a part of it dies with you not being able to be a part of it, you know? And, yeah. uh, it's, it's quickly, um, I've seen it through other companies and just friends and people that I've noticed that when things get a little bit too big, it kind of
1: everything else kind of falls away, you know? So, um, or it changes in ways that generally they're unhappy with. I think some people are, are better at managing that and navigating that than others. But at least in my experience, I've always, it, a few times I've seen it just kind of go south when it reaches a certain size. And that's the that's the thing that I get concerned about that I want to try to, you know, guard against.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like a safeguard, I suppose. I, I freak out. I just read out. I just read the biography or of uh, Elon Musk. Are you familiar with that guy? Oh yeah, that guy is just out of control, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I was studying Steve Jobs for a while, and Steve's amazing for what. I mean, I've studied from him. I don't know him personally or knew him.
1: He's the, he's the Steve Jobs of science, though. I think he's
0: beyond uh, Steve uh, in a lot of forms. If you look at it, kind of. What it is, though, he, um, so he's revolutionizing the space industry, yeah, which is huge. That alone is enough to set a life that's worthy of living for. And then on top of that is the automotive industry, yeah. and then it's the solar power industry. Like yeah. all three of those, these are huge industries, massive industries. And he's, um, you know, I don't know how close, and I'm not, I'm not. This, from what I've read, um, the few books that I read, it's pretty amazing. And so I utilize, I use that as inspiration for me personally to be like, okay, well, this is just like style frames. This is just art. You know, like this isn't as big as like revolutionizing the uh, car industry. I think it's all relative in in, in certain regards, but I I get humbled by knowing people like him exist in this world and they're crushing it, you know, it's like, wow, (laughs) but how the heck is that guy doing it, man? Like what the heck? Yeah, it's hiring the right people, I think, trusting the right people, hiring the right people, and knowing what you want—I think those are the keys to it. You know, from what I've from what I've seen, at least, you know,
1: it's amazing. A lot, there's a lot of people who just function at a whole different level. Yeah,
0: yeah. and a lot of it, I think, like we talked about, um, team members is just having the right ones intact. You know, and uh, not being afraid to step on toes and being able to just push through. And having that um, That, understanding,
1: you know. Yeah, that that part's tricky, though, especially when you have a company of people where, you know, you have to be a lot more careful about that push because they're not disposable, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yes. I know that sounds harsh, but, uh, well, you and I know that to do this, you have to have a lot of passion. Mm -hmm. And that's always the rub is everyone gets pushed yeah and there are people who don't want that that isn't what they signed up for and there are other people who fully get it and they usually excel but um, it's very tough to do that and keep your relation your working relationships intact at the same time especially when you start working on one thing after the next after the next after the next and it's yeah. like you don't lift your head enough just to kind of take a breather and you know pat people on the back and and just kind of reset you
0: know it's tough to do when you're going 100 miles an hour but it's just part of it a lot of it i think is just people being able to understand their place and it all you know and that's tough like you said that's, um, that's 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 you know you can't that's that's on the person themselves not you necessarily but it can be very difficult and then misleading at at many times you know so it's a challenge it's definitely this treading this and running a company and dealing with people creatively the more i dig into this industry and build my own little piece out it's the more i realize how important it is and how special it is and how incredibly um personal it is it's a it's a industry created off of personal like uh people
1: yeah and and it's also an industry that is very deficient in how it treats people. Yeah, Incredibly. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Well, because we're, we're all creative and we're all internally focused and that isn't what we signed up for. You know, we didn't think about we, we, some people are, are just naturally gifted at it. And, and a lot of people who are very creative just aren't. And yeah. they have always struggle with that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. Um, What do do you have as far as advice for people that are looking to kind of have a better balance as as far as how how they're represented and um, kind of having their own voice from your experience for just doing navigating all this kind of stuff?
1: Well, I used to I used to think that I would never give somebody I would never ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do. But the, the older I get, I realize that I'm more obsessed than a lot of people are. <laughs> and so I still have to kind of lower that expectation, you know, and I'm always trying to feel that out. And I think that's the only advice I could give on something like this is to try to understand the team member's capacity at, you know, kind of of working. You'll, you'll know immediately those who are as committed to something as you are and you'll equally know those who just aren't and you can never expect them to to become that person it's you have to allow them to be who they are and if you're unhappy with that you have to find someone you know else find someone else there's All
0: nothing right. wrong with that either. This is part of the program too, I think too. Yeah. So, and that's just, that's just seeking your partner though. The moment that I personally find a creative person that I collaborate with on that level of insanity, I'm like, okay, you're coming with me, man. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Cause usually those are where the, the, the most madness happens, you know? Yeah, definitely. A lot of passion, but, um, when you can find somebody on that same wavelength, it's really unique. That's why I personally love collaborating with people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're the
1: same way too. Yes. I think it's critical. It's, it's critical to do that and to always collaborate with new people as much as you can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really great too, is, is sharing, um, you know, like people that, you know, and taught, kind of um, like kind of um, what I try to do is if I work with a teammate, that's really amazing. I'm constantly giving them praise um, whether they know it or not to, friends and colleagues and saying like yeah this person's really amazing like they did this amazing thing like definitely work with this person or do this right here because i think it would be really great with you guys to kind of combining forces because i think there's a for me personally there's like this childlike curiosity to see what's going to come from that experience you know and seeing that kind of that flower blossom it just excites me and fuels me more you know do do you get inspired by um other people's work at this level right now or like what gets you inspired now
1: i get inspired seeing what new people that are in brought into the industry come up with yeah i think it's amazing how much you know it's it's definitely amazing how much power we have with these machines now it's getting pretty crazy yeah, and to see someone so full of you know youthful vigor and energy to get a hold of that and who learn how to do it, you know, and to work with those people is a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I, one person comes to mind of recent days, Raul Marks. Have you seen the thing he did for Semi-Permanent? Yeah, it's great. Man, really? what the
1: heck? Yeah, I wrote him and told him that. I thought it was great.
0: Me too. Yeah, it was really amazing, especially yeah. for – it's just – I think most, it was mostly just compli- comprised around himself, which I thought was pretty that, amazing.
1: Yeah, that blew me away, actually, to think that a person – maybe he – I don't know. Maybe he had one or two people, but I bet it was mostly him. to do To be able to do that amount of work would be unheard of even five years ago.
0: Yeah, not even possible. No, yeah. not – but it's pretty amazing. What For me, I don't know about you, but when I encounter somebody like that, I get incredibly inspired. Yeah, um, I, All I just want to do is go, okay, I need to really rethink my model of system and how I go about doing what I do. And I'm really inspired right now and I, I want to learn how to be better. And how can I be better, you know, not in competition, but just, um, I love it. You know, I love seeing great work.
1: Me too. And I think that's what gets us up in the morning. Yes. There is no end to that. There's always a better way to do it.
0: You know, if I were to show you that piece 10 years ago and say, Hey, in 10 years from now, some just one person is going to mostly create just this thing from start to finish. You know, what's going to what's that going to look like in 10 years from now? You know, if history is any form of repeating itself, which it always does, is everybody going to be doing their own thing by themselves in isolation? I think not to not to discredit for him and his amazing talent. I think there's a there's a unique amount of people that are 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 curve trendsetters, basically. He's definitely one of them that's kind of setting the bell curve, you know.
1: I feel bad that I'm I'm talking about just that. I think it. I think the idea too is really great. What he did, I thought. Yes, great. of
0: course. I'm. I it's the same as well. I'm not trying to take yeah. that away from that. The idea, the concept, everything together. I think what I'm getting at is it's a complete thing, and it looks amazing, and it also feels great, and it also has a cool idea behind it. So it's like. Uh, it's like the ba- it's like a Babe Ruth project just slamming home runs all over the place, you know. So
1: But you know, tomorrow's piece will be that same amount of energy with ten people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Try to keep up with that.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I've worked on various projects where there's teams of, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, a hundred, you know, multiple hundreds of people and honestly at the end of it I'm left kind of in the same realm. Of like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, I think something about what he created was a, just a little bit more unique because I think of what it was and that you it know, was special for just one person, basically. You
1: so, know what really blows me away about today is that now the topic of photorealism is just like, it's not a big deal anymore. Yes. Yeah. Same with incredibly complex particle systems. Yeah. You know, that's just anyone can do that that's a wonderful place to be in i think
0: yeah you got you got you you're you're playing with x particles now too right yeah i love it how freaking cool is it it's amazing it's got catnip, it, man i can't put that stuff down i gotta yeah. i gotta be really careful with when i use that i'll go i'll stay up until like five in the morning just like pushing numbers around and then and then i'm like oh shit the sun's out i gotta go to bed <laughs> i've done what? it like three times now it's totally bad <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, it, but the greatest thing about it, as you know, is that they built it specifically in mind for people like you and I, who we don't want to sit and read scripting books all night. No, no. We want to just sit down and start noodling with stuff. And yeah. I love that. I love that about X Particles and Cinema 4D, that it's yeah. made specifically for that reason. Cinema's incredibly
0: powerful and so easy to get into. I have so many people ask me what I, what I use uh, all the time, and... Definitely, cinema is. I use it way more, and I only know like two percent of how that thing works. Do you know? Are you really deep into like understanding all the little nuances of that program? You're more of a Maya guy, though, right?
1: I'm. Well, I I start. I learned in cinema actually. Gosh, I learned 3D way back in the day in this program called Infinity Hmm. Then I came back to it when when Cinema 4D first came out. But then. Everyone was talking Maya, you know, because work groups were being formed around Maya. And I thought, well, that's the only way that what I'm doing is going to be useful. Because, you know, you you get into a package and then the shop's not using it and you're kind of hosed. So, yeah. But then I learned that the same setup that Cinema 4D had, you know, in terms of how it worked, just applied to Maya just fine. It was kind of easy to just ramp up to Maya. but. I think for a designer, for a motion designer, definitely Cinema 4D is the place to be.
0: It's just easy to use. I think that's really key. And I think with our industry, there's no real time to to really noodle. You got to get in there and you got to do it and get out. And that's kind of how I've approached my usability with it. But honestly, I only know like personally, just like maybe two or three percent of the whole program, just a little bit.
1: Same here. Just enough to just enough to be able to do what we need to do. Yeah, get in and
0: get out and then yeah. on to the next thing. But that's the great thing. And you said it perfectly about X particles. And, and like we were talking about um, how incredibly amazing it is. I, I don't know if we maybe we should talk a little bit about computers because I'm actually in, in a flux. I'm curious to see what you're using. Um, like, because of as of now in 2015, Apple, I love Apple's products. They do, they've, I've been using Apple like OS X for so, so long. I, I absolutely adore it. But they don't make powerful computers anymore. It's really shitty. It's bumming me out because I have to go and build a, a PC to handle what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. But you can make the most it's- insane PC for, I don't know, four or five grand. Yes, yeah. you can, yeah.
1: That's Apple, what doesn't, Apple doesn't need
0: to anymore. There. I know, like, I hate it. I'm so bummed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like the, a, t- a phone. Yeah, a phone, yeah. A billion dollar company, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. yeah, the phone and the iPad, or iPod, I mean, that really revolutionized why and where they put their time and money. Because you can tell, I mean, their new Mac Pro is, I don't know, it's not worth the money, honestly, for what you can get in a PC. It's not even, even close to it. Yeah, you could spend half the price and get something just as powerful, if not more. So, one but of I'm, the
1: saddest days for me was when Apple sort of quit developing Shake. I loved Shake. Never used that. What's that? It is. It was their compositing app that they built for the Pro Market, and it was great. It was node based and all that, and it rendered things perfectly.
0: Hmm.
1: And they just scrapped it one day, and they folded all that tech. They say they folded all the tech in the final cut, but I don't, I don't lies. Think, yeah. <sighs>
0: Are you still using a Mac? Oh yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Just Mac Pros,
0: like the newer ones, or right before it. Yeah, I have a new one. The trash can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What do you think of it? Is it? Do you have like a Drobo attached to it and like a million things? Is it like? Does it look like an ins- like an inside of a computer like all thrown up?
1: I love it. Still, it's just it does weird things. Like it doesn't restart properly and stuff like that. But it's a good machine. Like, are am I hearing that you're using a PC now? I have
0: to. Um, I just have to, because I need to run, um, NVIDIA cards because I'm going to start getting into Octane really heavily soon because mm-hmm. Octane, have you played with Ro- Octane much yet? Oh, I, I, well, you, you yeah. can't, right? Cause you can't, cause they don't support, it's such a bummer. They, they don't support, um, any cards outside of NVIDIA cause they have a partnership, but the results are so amazing. Um, so many of my friends use it and it's pretty, I mean, I want to get into V-Ray and that as well. These are technical things, but yeah. These are the tools that I use in order to pay my bills. So, and I'm just sick and tired of waiting for renders. So, I'm going to build a really gnarly machine. I'm going to get like three or four of those 980 Ti's, those NVIDIA cards. Yeah. Which are gnarly, <laughs> super crazy cards. I'm going to throw them all into a PC and a bunch of other crazy components and stuff. So,. No, (laughs) well, like, you know, like Vitaly, my friend Vitaly, you know, Vitaly, like Vitaly is all into the PC and he has like that $20,000 thing. And then Roman had that crazy PC, that box set, um, intuitive. And it's just like when you see for me, it's, it's time now. It's like, there's just no time anymore. And if I have to sit and wait for a render one more time and start punching things. So we're at the point where you can really get so close to real time right off the fly it's like i want to see when i'm in cinema i don't i want to just be able to see exactly what that render is going to look like as i navigate
1: yeah and then I boom did, power i did that at one point i i built a pc and i did that whole thing because yeah for 3d it's definitely a different performance level but the problem that i had with the pc was that everything when- Well, when you you change out a card and everything gets broken and then it just messes up everything else and you couldn't figure out how to get out of that mess. And Mm -hmm. maybe they've changed since then. I don't know.
0: I think they've gotten a ton better um, as far as how you build a custom PC. There's a lot of um, I think I'm looking at uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. They'll come to me in a minute or I'll actually look through it because I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence of either building my own or having um, having just having somebody make it for me. Um, I think it's called Titan Computers. Mm-hmm. Um, they build some pretty epic mach- machines, uh, the Xeon processors and stuff. And then there's also um, a couple other companies that I've been looking into. It's just tough, you know, and it gets pretty expensive. You know, once you start getting into it really deeply, you're going to get into like the eight to $10,000 range, you know, so.
1: Easily.
0: Yeah. The, but at the same time, if this is the thing that makes you money and you break this down into a year and let's say you use it pretty heavily for three years, you break that down into months and what your rate is and all that stuff. It just it's 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 no more than gasoline a month, you know, yeah. if that. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense, and and for me, I just, I it drives me nuts, and and I see like you know Vitaly just crushing through all these huge mesh things, and all my friends who have these supercomputers. computers, and I'm sitting back with like a old shitty Mac Pro, <laughs> like ah, it just drives me nuts. But it's just something I'm interested in. Do you? So you don't use that PC anymore? You just kind of it broke, yes. and you're over it.
1: No, that was years ago.
0: Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing now, I think. I think they've become much more um, robust and you're able to really get in and build something powerful for pretty cheap, and it's pretty amazing. And there's all these uh, you know, Alienware and all these different third parties. I just wish the OS would be awesome, but app, I, mean, I think Windows 10 looks pretty nice. So yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not really pumped on it, to be completely honest. I'm probably just going to put both the computers next to one another and just dongle between the two and my monitors and Throw renders, work on some heavy stuff, and then go back to my Mac for other things. So
1: Yeah. It's so lame though. You you wish that machine existed that is solely built for this type of work and for nothing else, you know, that you don't have any garbage or junk sitting on it, but I don't think those companies would exist if they didn't do it that way.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it would be amazing if I could run my OS. I mean, there's a lot of people that build those hackintoshes. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. Well, they'll build a really crazy, powerful PC and they'll run OS on it. They'll run an app, um, Apple, uh, operating system on it. And it's, I've seen it. I've watched tests of it. It's pretty crazy. Um, because the OS though, you only get about 70% of what that power is. So you're kind of missing some of it from what I've seen. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please mention it in the comments. So, cause I could be wrong, but um, which, so the cool thing about that, I'm sure it's incredibly illegal though. So I wouldn't recommend doing it, but you're basically kind of hacking two systems together and having the best of both worlds, you know, super powerful PC components that are somewhat cheap and, um, you can move them around and then you have the skin of a, um, a mat, an apple. So, which is great. It's Interesting. Yeah. Super. It's, I was talking to my friend Beeple, You're familiar with this work, right? Mike's work. Yeah. Yeah. Do some crazy stuff. And he has a, a custom PC made, but he had to change even the electricity in his house so that it could run like the, the wattage for his PC because <laughs> he got this crazy PC that he had made um, that had all these like video cards and stuff so he can use Octane. But the change in the renders and just the overall speed and the feel of using that. It was such a night and day experience and I don't know. So I think I'm getting to the point where I need to step it up a couple notches and make a couple sacrifices. So, so we'll see. I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) I'm like, ah, fuck my life. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Turn your whole house into a PC. That'd be awesome. Turn your car into it, everything all together. My goal was, um, I've been studying solar technology and my goal was to, Um, put as much coverage of solar panels on my house and then get one of those Tesla batteries for the house. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, it's amazing. It's pretty awesome. So basically, uh, if I understand it correctly, it's a battery that you put into your house. It's not that big. You put in your garage. Um, it's basically kind of the same components that you would, that he uses for the cars. So it's like all these battery packs. So if you have solar during the day, um, it charges to your house. Anything that you don't use doesn't go back to this to the city. It goes into the battery. So then at nighttime, the battery c- kicks in when the sun goes down, and then you're supplying the power for your house through the battery. Anything uh, that you don't use just stays on the battery. If you, if you overuse the battery, you can get. You, I think you can get up to eight of those batteries, but one of those batteries lasts ninety hours. I think on its own yeah. on basic usage. So the amazing thing is you can basically run your house off solar completely because what yep. the, the problem now is you have solar during the day, but at night, you know, you have to use the grid. Um, for me, I think that's amazing because I love the idea of being self-sufficient and, and not relying on. You know, if you think the government is going to take care of those things, it's not always how it happens. So I've been in various uh, short outs and stuff and that this suck. Um, So for me, I thought it would be really awesome. So I was thinking it would be great to put solar in the house and then put the Tesla battery in the house and then run everything off the sun and then get an electric car, have everything just running off the sun. That'd be Future life, baby. So it's expensive, though. It's expensive to do that. But
1: it it is. But. It's part of it. Yeah, it's definitely where things need to be.
0: I think so. I mean, we gotta start. I mean, the thing that's pretty impressive is that there's this thing that gives us free energy every day, and it always shows up on time, and it never stops. So we might as well use it. (laughs) It's free. (laughs) Everybody can have it. So yeah, we
1: we have plenty of it out here. That's for sure.
0: Totally. I mean, especially down here in Southern California, which is an abundance of it. So. Might as well utilize it. Are you guys doing solar at your house?
1: No, not no. yet. I have a friend who's doing it though. He loves it, but yeah, it's a little expensive installing it.
0: Yeah, it's a, you can do like a lease program too, which is pretty yeah. good and kind of you embed it in your um, your monthly mortgage and stuff, which is that's what we do on our new house. So it's good. How do your remodel go? You mentioned doing that. That sounds pretty uh, stressful, but
1: also awesome. It was fun. It's kind of like a film project (laughs) big production there's a big production there's a lot of moving parts a lot of things a lot of crises that you have to deal with (laughs) the process but you end up with something that's kind of cool yeah we we, i think we did good that's awesome
0: these are important things i i mean and they're not art related but at the same time they're part of personal happiness you know art related i think so well you you work from home now right do you have a studio that you go to as well I do. It's my, I have a home office. Which is great, right? Is it off of the house or is it a part yeah. attached to it?
1: I almost got an office down the street just to have that separation. Yeah. I think it's really important and that's another kind of lesson I'm learning right now. Are you going to do that? I, eventually, I'll have to because right now when I run big productions, I have to rent a space in town and it gets really expensive. It's crazy expensive quickly. Yeah. Yeah, very expensive. So I think it's good to have
0: the overhead on that stuff. But yeah, I've never my personally just work from home. I've, I don't know how I figured it out. I just work with people that are so too far away that we couldn't even work in
1: the same room together anyway. So well, that's why I didn't get the office. I noticed today it's so amazing how you could do entire projects remotely. I've done several projects so far and I haven't seen any of the phases, but I just keep coming back to them. And someday I'd like to meet them.
0: Yeah, definitely. You mentioned working with Philippe. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And quite a few other people, I'm sure, which is great. I think that's really the, the shape of things to come, you know, it's island, I almost yes. like islands, you know. Uh, definitely is. Which is a great way of doing things. I was up in San Francisco and there's this thing called WeWork, WeWork, I think it's called. And it's like a program from what I understand. And you can have like, you can rent out a section of a building, like a really awesome legit one for the, for a duration that you need to do the project and you can jump away. And there's, you know, it's kind of like, I guess kind of like Uber, I guess, but totally different. Obviously it's bad analogy, but um, where things don't really get wasted, it's just people are using it when they need it. And it's kind of working out in that way where it's not, set in stone, you know, it seems like in the future of everything that's going is things are becoming more tailor-made, um, to suit people's personal, um, tastes and, and lifestyles and stuff. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Everyone's everyone wants a different experience. Yeah. It's
0: good. I have some friends that have started studios and they, they've actually rented out a place, but the overhead just stresses them out so much and they have to take on a lot of bullshit to, to kind of compensate for that, um, and that, that was always a concern for me. I didn't want to be kind of stuck doing something that I didn't want to do. Um, cause life's too short as we talk about a lot. So yeah, don't want to be sitting around having to do stuff that you don't
1: want to do, you know? So exactly. Yeah. Or working with people that just aren't quite working out and you don't, you don't like firing people, you know, that kind of a thing. And you could end up in a weird situation, I think in your physical space. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool, though. That's something that really I've been really thinking about, though, is having my own kind of place outside. But I love working from home personally. As, are there some habits and, and, and things that you've done that have helped you um, kind of maintain a good
1: work-life kind of balance at home? I'm learning to set those office hours and just turn it off when it should be turned off. Mm. You, know, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's really difficult. It's you know. difficult. Very- because the difference now is I'm I could be at work in five minutes after waking
0: <laughs> yeah I love that I just roll right into it yeah my wife and I are working on having time where it's like okay it is now seven o'clock like no work talk from seven to ten yeah you just can't talk about it and it just kind of isolates that area of time just for other things and if you it's sometimes it's I think it's I don't know if you've encountered this too is it is it hard not to not talk about work? Because that's what you're doing for the
1: (laughs) sandwich. That's the problem with the company thing is now you have like this big child, you know. Yeah. You're you're always talking about that kid if you're doing the right thing, you know, all these different problems and dynamics that go on on a daily basis. And I I always catch myself doing that at dinner when we're out on a date or something. I, (laughs) I have to stop. Yeah. You know, cause she she'll engage just like I will, because it's both of our thing now.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of weird. That's awesome. Is she a part of the company then?
1: Yeah. yeah, That's, definitely.
0: that's awesome. So she's, um, cause I am doing the same thing with my wife as well. Cause it just makes sense. You know, um, yeah. might as well work on something together, you know? So
1: yeah. Vicki does a lot of the administrative and people stuff, you know, she's really good with people.
0: That's great. It's the same for my wife as well, which I think really helps. It, it's like both a, we're able to do what we do best. Yeah. Um, and it I don't know for you, but our marriage, I think, gained a little bit stronger because there's there's no question as to why I'm stressed out. She knows exactly because she understands the schedule and yeah. understands the complexities of, of accomplishing these feats, you know? Yeah, that's right.
1: Has that helped you guys out a bit? I think so. I, th- I think there's... I, you know, I, I regret that there are sides of this business that she's had to witness at close range now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh collaborate uh, on that too much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a little, I think at first it was a little bit of a shock to her to see the amount of stress that I go through when things aren't going quite well. Yeah. You know, that you have to get in there and just grind and grind until that problem gets fixed. And that, that's really hard for them to see sometimes, I think.
0: Do you think that's what defines a professional, though? Like what you just said? I think there's something significant well, about what you just mentioned.
1: I mean, to me, what really defines a professional is keeping a cool head while all that's going on. Yeah. That's the real difference between the true. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a, a matter of self-control. I mean, but the, the best professionals I've seen function that way.
0: Yeah. I think so, too. And maintaining that kind of that voice and that focus, but at the same time having um, definitely um, being professional and having that professionalism about it, about how you work and the way that you get things across and stuff. So,
1: yeah, but what you said is absolutely right. Also, that a a true professional also from a work ethic standpoint doesn't start checking out when they're in the mud with you. Like they're like, okay, we're both in the mud. And we're going to dig our way out of this together. They're yeah. The people I love working with.
0: Yeah. I think it's just a reality of people understanding that. And the, I think the best people that I've worked with, um, people that are, have been doing this for a long time or beyond me, um, you know, dudes that just kind of veterans that they all, they've seen it. You know, I remember, I, I remember watching the uh, behind the scenes of the abyss and I think it was the co- camera operator or the DOP or something. I don't know if you you've, you've seen that film, obviously, right?
1: Yeah, The Abyss was a, a huge VFX film when it came out. Massive. It was, right? It's still amazing
0: looking, like yeah. incredible. Most graphic, like visual effects now don't even stack against it in certain things. Not all of them, but most of it is pretty amazing for what they accomplished. And it's old too. Now it's quite a bit old. Um, yep. but have you ever watched the behind the scenes of that film? No. Uh-uh. Oh, it's amazing. We It's, it's really amazing because of what they had to do to get the, get that production going. Like, it's just incredible. I won't even dig into it. Um, it's all on YouTube. Actually, you can watch it. It's incredible and really inspiring. But one of the guys, he said this really great thing. He was, he was saying, you know, I go on any other job. Past this, and people are bitching about this and that, and he's like, "You have no reason to bitch. I've worked on the abyss, you know, like <laughs> it was the thing that kind of could it broke many people, I and mean, one of the actors almost died, and it was just crazy." Yep.
1: I've, I've been on a couple of jobs where I could say that same kind of thing. <laughs>
0: what were those jobs? <laughs> You're like, I can't say.
1: I Iron Man Two, I think, was that way.
0: That was a really long process thing for you guys, right? I mean, that was a big effort from Prologue as a studio as well. I remember there's almost all, ha- all hands on deck on
1: that one, right? Yeah, it was, it was a rough one. It, it was exciting, but it was a difficult project.
0: Did you know you guys were making some kind of um, design kind of history when you were creating that? Was it pretty it's- evident as you were going through the process?
1: No, we had no idea. You didn't think you had something special there? No, we were just trying to get through it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, it sounded like you guys had to do a lot of dailies, right? Like every week you had to do like a full res renders and kicking out
1: everything. and we knew it was special. I think it's just you know you don't you don't you don't focus on that too much when it you know when there's a lot to do. You just kind of get in and think about that more than how special it is.
0: Yeah, well, that's. Be, I think that's probably yours. Uh, your mode of getting things done and just putting your nose down and focusing on that rather than the vanity of it, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, because you never really know where it's going to end up, you know. And sometimes thinking about that can actually mess you up. Yeah, because you, because you, you might be halfway through a project and start feeling like this isn't as cool as where we started, you know, sometimes that can happen.
0: How do you keep yourself and your projects kind of focused on what you're trying to do? Is it, is it a very kind of bespoke thing for each experience or is there like a kind of a personal recipe that you go about keeping your quality as high as possible?
1: That's a, that's a, that's a multifaceted question. (laughs) It's, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, things, I don't know. There's something about, the way that things either work or they don't. I mean, to me, it's kind of black and white that way. It's like you have the right relationship, you have the right project, the right amount of time, or you just don't, you know, and you don't You don't always see either of those at the beginning of a project. Some projects you think are going to be awesome turn out to be crap, and some projects that you think, well, this is, I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't going to turn out good, turn out amazing. yeah. It's a really weird thing sometimes. It's like
0: the ether, huh? But I think maybe what you mentioned about just putting your head down and and sticking to it and really focusing and digging in. I think one thing I've mentioned before about just being a fan of what you do and always being in awe of your career is I think the thing that I, the more I get into it is you really touch everything. It's hard to explain. Um, well,
1: you're that way.
0: I mean... Well, I'm learning that from you, though. That's I'm, I'm awesome. trying to be the culmination of the things that I admire. You know, I think that's the goal of my career.
1: But I but I also, to be honest, I also admire those who are, are okay with not touching it and are really gifted at just managing gigantic efforts. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's a director. Yeah, as long as they're not taking all the credit themselves at the end. You sure. know, something admirable... About all kinds of different, you know, types of people. I sometimes me wanting to touch everything I feel inhibits the potential of things. Sometimes, it, like I could be doing five things instead of just one thing, you know, and and I could be really rich if I function that way. Sometimes I have those stupid thoughts about things.
0: Sure, they're yeah. relevant thoughts, though, right? Wouldn't you think? I've had them too. It's definitely a part of. Way yeah, I perceive you, things.
1: You have to find a way to do both to make the most out of your, you know, career financial potential as well as your creative potential. That's a tough balancing act.
0: Yeah, incredibly tough. And I don't think I really admire people that can pull that balance off because it is a balancing act and trying to discover that. You know, it's a very, it's a tough one. You know,
1: yeah. I remember this guy in the small town that we used to live in he owned this Italian place and I mean he they had people lining up out the door to get his thing and I remember looking at the guy and he just he looked terrible he was just (laughs) uh, (laughs) his hair is falling out and he's just like sweating and I'm like man this poor guy like he needs to he needs to change that he's got to get help you know and and kind of release his sauce ingredients to other people that could help him out. And, and it never really grew. It always kind of stayed that way. And then we moved out of the area and we came back 10 years later. All of a sudden they had this huge restaurant. Hmm. It's, it like covered the whole city block practically. And I thought, okay, well, he finally figured that out. <laughs> the right team
0: member came along, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great story because it's really uh, you can really use that for anything. Really, you can use it for what we do and definitely cooking and food as well. There's a really great cross correlation between art and cooking. I've noticed a, quite a bit of a trend to merge the two um, as of recent, especially with the uh, the stuff that's on Netflix. Have you watched Chef's Table yet?
1: No, ah,
0: it's amazing. Watch it. You're gonna love it. You'll t- it'll totally resonate with your soul. I know for sure. It's amazing. It it's cool. It's, it's uh have you seen G- Euro dreams of sushi? Have you seen that? Uh uh-uh. Oh man, that's awesome. It's from the same director. And I think some of the same, the, the same team seriously watch that. If the, there's a the next film you watch, watch either of those, um, the chef's tables, I think it's like 45 to 60 minute episodes. And they're just amazing. I won't even say anything beyond that. And I'll, I'll hype it up and you'll still love it. So okay. yeah, it's really great. It's really inspiring.
1: Yeah, cooking shows. I think we could really relate to that because it's the same kind of thing. Oh, it's
0: very same and similar. Just wait until you see it. It's it's you're going to be like, oh, that's me. Like this guy is me exactly, or this girl is me. Like we all are sharing the same just fanatic madness, really. And it's just yeah. chaotic and crazy, but it's all tied to the same thing this a lot of the times you'll see these episodes um you know they'll go through it happens sometimes on this podcast where people are going so hard through their routines and patterns that the moment that they have a moment to reflect and, and kind of go in, inward and think about what their actions are based on the questions is very therapeutic and they kind of crack underneath this they discover why they've been doing this thing for 10 years non-stop you know it's really unique. It's a very special thing. I love it. It's fantastic. I've recommended it to everybody. Everybody loves it. It's just That's really, it. yeah. It's, it's great when you have such amazingly produced entertainment that speaks so well about the human soul yeah. and connects us all. And it goes to show that, you know, art and food and all this stuff is all very similar. So yeah.
1: but you're awesome. referring more specifically though, to a process of refinement, Right.
0: Yes. I mean, the show is multidimensional beyond just that concept. But yeah, that's definitely. um,
1: That it puts people through the rigor of having to kind of face. Yes. What it is that's holding them back. Yep. That's right. Which is exactly why I don't like the corporate world so much.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think that there's a big disconnect between the the intention and the soul of people. And it's weird how we get lost in these things, you know?
1: Yeah. It looks attractive on the outside to me personally. People seem happy and they seem to have a good life, even financially. But when you're in there working with these same people, there's this idea that I'm going to just sort of play this game and I'm going to get through this day. And as long as I haven't offended anyone, I could go home in peace and come back to a job again. And that drove me nuts because. I didn't feel any personal growth from from that culture at all. Regarding that, I always I started to actually catch myself trying to figure out how to kind of play that game rather than be very productive and learn something.
0: Sure, absolutely. I think it's a design. Um, it's an, an experience design that's created out of uh, um, comfort. And and it's based on a fear-based kind of thing, you know. It's um, very fear-based. Yeah, which is it's just ironic because it it is it's comfortable, but it's very um, it's much of a it's very much an illusion. That's why I don't do it because I feel the same way. I just can't. I can't subscribe to the nine to five. I I can't go work the corporate life. I've had many job opportunities, and it's just like I'll never take that because I is as crazy and hard as it is to balance the life that I have now. I love it. Yeah, it's so challenging. (laughs)
1: That's right. right. And it will not... I I mean, the weird thing too about the corporate world is it seems like eventually it will just catch up on you.
0: Yeah. If you're not careful, I think um, uh, self-analysis will really help ward that off, though, I believe. Personally, I think it really helps as far as being able to go inward and and, and go, is this right? Am I happy now? Is this something that... um, that i'm proud of um can i sleep tonight without being held up on those thoughts you know
1: i think more importantly though are you if you're in that situation if that's your existence are you going home and sharpening your skills and learning something new
0: it's challenging i think when you get caught in that you know that pattern because i I know quite a few people that work the, the corporate life or work at major industries and um their growth is very slow
1: because they're, they're drained from dealing with people stuff. All playing,
0: yeah, playing that role in that, you know, I'm not into it, but um, yeah, I and I don't really personally, I've never met anybody that really thrives and loves it unless they're like a CEO, but you might as well be us then because that's what the CEO is basically what we do. You know, tons of risk and crazy amounts of just respect and also at the same time responsibility. But that's part of that That's like riding the Bronco, man. Riding the life's Bronco. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) The Bronco of life. Sex. (laughs) The the life Bronco. (laughs) But yeah, I I think at the same time too, like if you think about it, your career trajectory and your path, like you've come from some of the best, most dominating um, places that were all about taking risks and exploring things and challenging everybody. Yeah. And you go from that to a complete shell shocking experience of a nine to five. It's like, phew, you're in a completely different, that's it couldn't be more opposite really. You know? So I was really curious. I was like, I'm standing on the sidelines. I wonder how this is going to work for you. I'm really curious, you know? So I didn't want to say it or judge or anything because yeah, that's not my place, but
1: no, I I'm glad I did it really. It's good. I need I needed to take a breather and it was awesome. Actually, I rented a house in the Los Gatos Hills and stuff and it was just a good time to kind of reflect. Yeah. Then you just start that, that gnawing inside just starts, (laughs) you know? So, but it all worked out. I think it's a good thing. I would actually encourage anyone who's never done it to try it.
0: Yes. Well, like anything really within reason, you know, like be be prepared to understand that you're going to experience something, but I think that's the beauty of life is experiencing these things so that you know it, you know, yeah. I saw the saying today, I think I'm going to butcher it, but it was a pretty great one from Bill Nye. He said, everyone that you meet is going to have something that you don't know, you know, like they're basically, you can learn something from everybody, you know, that's right. So, which is really amazing. And it's incredible to be humble by that and understand that you won't, you don't know, know everything, you know, yeah.
1: I, I think the problem with, our side of these kinds of things of this, especially in this business, is we're so we're so kind of maverick about everything that there mm-hmm. you you got to be careful that there isn't sort of a there, there's an arrogance that can kind of creep up. Oh yeah, a lot of people. It, I'll say myself personally that you know when I'm used to getting my way all the time and things just go how I want them to go. It's easy to get this attitude that like, you know, that's the only way this has to get done. It's just like this. Sure. And that you forget the people dynamic that it's it's much more of a caretaking process than you want it to be sometimes.
0: Yeah. I think there's something beautiful, though, um, to counter that argument, though, when you think about guys like um let's just use steve and elon for example i mean what you just said that's exactly who those people are like this is my way and this is how it's going to be happening i think there's there's something great there but at the same time like you said there's a there's a bit of a elitist ego kind of thing that happens if you start drinking your own kool-aid a little too much so it's, it's important to be humbled by it but i think if all systems are working and everybody's uh if you're not stepping on too many toes, I mean, you got to step on a few toes to, to make things work.
1: It's just part of the process, but and the, and the weird thing is usually the, the projects that are harder that way are the ones that come out the best.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. What is that though? It's like the bleeding or something <laughs> you're bleeding for it or something. I don't
1: know. Or it's refinement. You're kind of, you. it's like you're breaking through rocks to get to the next floor.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a good way of looking at it. It's a really unique. It's a really new, unique process, I think, and it's just kind of, I don't know, a self explore, you know, like exploring kind of realm, I guess. You know, and thinking about it. And we talk about kind of like the future and these amazing talents that are coming out now, and just how um, incredible it is to see these kind of. I'm just curious to see like how this all kind of culminates and becomes this kind of overall experience that we can all bear witness to. You know, it's crazy stuff, man. It's crazy.
1: It's crazy how much is going on right now in so many different spaces, how the categories are, you know, much more blurred. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what do you think of that? Do you think it's good to have things blurred or do you like them to be more defined and like articulated
1: and kind of categorized? I, I like the definition. I, yeah. get, I don't, I think that, I think that we get lost in what the categories are sometimes. Like for example, with motion design, we we call illustri- a lot of illustration and a lot of, um, like, you know, cartoon animation motion design now. Yeah. I think some of those definitions are important because we can't forget that design is about communication, you know, and, and you use – it's a visual language that you're using to say something. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, um, you know, an animated featurette is – it's a story, but it's more of a, you know, kind of a, a story based on sort of human, you know, human expression models and things like that, rather than visual messaging.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think it's, there's a two, I think there's two sides of that one as far as, um, for my own opinion about categorizing. I think one of the things that's really interesting is people can dig deep into you know, this is what I do. I identify myself as this kind of person that's interested in this, for example. And they can really latch on to that symbolism. And then the other part, I think, it kind of gets weird is it becomes inbred if you're kind of too focusing on one that one thing, you know. Yeah. And but I, I think you're the same way. Where we, I really, I personally enjoy cross pollination of things. Yeah, definitely. Take something, you know, take something completely naive and close, and you smash it against this, and then. Uh, what comes from that, you know, Yeah, that chemical reaction is really what I'm after seeing, you know, I think it's interesting. I see a lot of it in, in your work, you know, we've talked a bit about quite a bit, quite a few of these things. What I want to, what I'm really cool, I think it'd be really interesting to kind of talk about now is you are on your next stage and you've created your own company and you've created quite a few amazing pieces um, of work that um, are on your site currently. I'm sure you have quite a few in the works now. Is there something um, that you've created underneath your company now that you want to talk about and maybe talk about the process or um, just kind of, I don't know, something that's a proud moment for you or anything like that?
1: I've been, well, I want to, but I think what's really gotten me excited lately is just having returned clients. <laughs>
0: You're all, Yay, you came back. Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. You
1: know what I mean? Like, I think that's, and you probably have the same problem, is that that's where you know you're really successful at what you're, at least in, in other words, I'm less, these days I'm less concerned about how I appear to 3,000 motion designers than I am about (laughs) how I appear to, you know, a a nice client who's going to, who's going to give me something else to work on.
0: Was there a moment where you were trying to appeal to um, your own design audience and focusing on that too much?
1: I was, and I still do. But I think if that's all my focus is, I'm never going to be satisfied with the client work. Because there has to be, you know, you have to meet in the middle, whether you like it or not. So what if this scene could be much cooler if you did this? Well, if that's not their brand... That you know they can't have anything to do with it because it just confuses their thing. You yeah, know? So you have to kind of work with that a little. Bit.
0: That's more it's, or less like what a sacrifice, I guess.
1: It's a sacrifice, but I guess the trick is you could never let it deter you from trying again the next time.
0: Sure. <laughs> so
1: you have to be careful that you also don't start to kind of dumb down in your processes yeah because you know this is going to work or you know so i think a lot of people they go into kind of sleep mode where where they they kind of already kind of pre-calculated all the steps that are going to happen and they don't waste their time with that stuff and i think you should never do that
0: yeah i agree i think that that leads into some really weird predicaments you know and you kind of end up kind of just a weird, a weird feeling in your career. And I think it, I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it, not trying to, to appeal to, you know, like you said, you know, 3000 motion designers, um, and just focusing on making the good work that you're proud of and you're connecting and collaborating with the, the client. Yeah. At what point do you feel that when you're collaborating with the client? Um, I mentioned this, I don't know if you, if I mentioned this to you, but as analogy that I always thought was interesting is becoming the client's Um, their mind rather than their hands? Because I know you've experienced it. We all have um, the moment in a project where the client takes the steering wheel and starts driving. Um, How is that working with you as far as finding that balance with making great work and then appealing to the client, but allowing yourself to also have your own artistic voice and navigating those kind of waters?
1: Well, the... I mean, the thing I've learned about that, though, well, there's there's a couple of things. First of all, it should be flattering to you that they feel like they want to be that engaged. Yeah, that's that's an okay thing. Um, You know, and you have and but there's the other side of it, though, too, is there's a level of respect that. It's sort of a test, you know. At that point, it's like you can choose to think that you're going to do your own thing, which you won't. <laughs> you just won't be able to, or you could work with them. All they want to know is that they're being heard, and that in in you're listening to them. And it's not sort of a lip service thing. It's it's that you are genu- They want to know you are genuinely focused, and you care about what they care about. And oftentimes, when we engage with them like that, then we have more creative space. Yeah. You know, but we also have to be okay with if we are not gonna have it. It is more important, I think, to have the relationship and to try to make it right because it presents a whole set of new challenges. And we're not always right. That's what I've learned is I used to totally not get this stuff when I was a younger designer, but I'm learning that the best clients in a lot of ways, are smarter than I am in what it is that they want, and sometimes it's good to really kind of listen to that. And if you're a great designer rather than a good designer, you're you're going to answer that, and you're going to do way better than they expected you to.
0: Yeah. And w- what's the best way that you found to? This is this is great advice because I can agree more. The more I get, ma- the more mature I get, the more I realize that there's a nice way of working that out. What's a great way of navigating that as far as your decision making and kind of knowing when to listen and how to kind of, is that something that you just earn and live through as you develop yourself as a person and as a designer, or is that something that you can kind of pass it along as far as advice to people?
1: Well, if you really, if you really want your voice to be heard in those instances, you have to present their cut back to them first. Sure. And, And then you present your side of things.
0: I remember you talking about that when we work together, you know, like give them what they've asked for, but then show them what you would like for them to use in you know, an option, basically.
1: Because that's the only way they're going to listen to you. You and know,
0: it's a respect thing. Yeah,
1: that's right. If you just if you blow them off and show something way cooler, they're not You're the chances of that surviving are very slim.
0: Yeah. So it's a communication thing, then, right, and a kind of a respect kind of thing, a, I guess. It's a
1: respect thing, yeah.
0: yeah. And it's it's just a matter of you yeah. hearing them, and like we talked about, and what you just you defined uh, design as being a communicative language, you know, and understanding how to do that in a very high level is really special. I think you know, it's
1: it's more work actually. It's, yeah, there was there was one uh, big movie producer that I always found myself in this predicament that he always, he was the client and he always wanted his thing, but I would find myself in the situation where I'm kind of the guy in the middle of his argument against the director, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I
0: have, I've been there before.
1: Yeah. I've had to provide a, a cut for the director and a cut for him. And it was a lot, it was a lot more work. It's like a kid between two and two like
0: <laughs> bitching, bitching parents. Yeah. Custody bullshit kind of thing. Because yeah. You're dealing with their baby and all That's that stuff. Right. Right? <laughs> just kind of caught in the middle of commun- mixed communication and ego
1: yeah and i think this problem is very much like that always
0: do you find that it's a common thing that you have to fight against or do you feel like with your maturity of how you're approaching things it's getting easier throughout the years
1: i've learned to not view it as a fight yeah i've learned to view Processed. it as that we're all in the same boat and we're all just trying to solve a problem Cool.
0: That's probably the best way of looking at it then, because you've identified it as being something other than a negative connotation.
1: I think so. And we have a tendency to forget, you know, especially if we're working with like a network client. That that poor guy has to go back to an office of 12 people and sell this thing. No, that's true. Yeah. You can't you can't leave them hanging with some cut that isn't anything like what they talked about. Yeah. That's just fair to them.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a way of great way of looking at it too, because then you have you're seeing it beyond just that one experience, which is what it's a sign of empathy. Then right, and a more matured level of empathy. That's right. Yeah, which I think is always great. Whenever you get a chance to develop your empathy in life, it's it's an incredibly amazing attribute to have. I think personally, Um, yeah, it's it's what makes the good humans awesome. You know, so.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: that's cool. It's good to look at that. That was a friend of mine was telling me about. Um, he was uh, an, an ex marshal, and he was telling me a story about um, this guy was criticizing a a cop on some kind of whatever he was doing um, because I guess he had shot a couple people or something on, in the line of fire. And personally, I, I don't I have a hard time having any opinion on that stuff because a I don't know what it's like to be a cop not even close to what it's like and then I don't know what it's like to be in that situation so I really have no I have no I shouldn't say anything basically you know like it's unfortunate that anybody has to die uh under those kind of circumstances but that's just kind of how it goes but basically the guy was criticizing them and then the the police department said okay let's do this um we will put you in the similar situation you can come and train with us and we'll see what you how you react and then he instantly like just started shooting people you know, like they put him underneath the same stress and he he reached for his firearms and started shooting people. What the moral of the story is, like, just don't judge because you don't know. And the moment you think, you know, without even experiencing it, then you're lacking empathy. And then it becomes a problem that you have, you know, with yeah. your own self.
1: Yeah. And, and a cop is a good example. I mean, those poor guys actually They're you know, the, today the domestic field, as it were, is is a total battlefield gnarly you know, it's crazy they're, they're answering call after call after call of a domestic abuse and child abuse and just so many things that just mess with their head yeah you i know? can
0: imagine i couldn't do that could you ever do that
1: That no, kind of- no way i'm too sensitive i i would just lose it
0: yeah i don't know if i would last a week to be honest so hats off to anybody that's willing to do that i don't know how those people do it and why they would do it but it's uh, it's a special type of person, I think, you know, yeah, that perspective, you know. So, yeah, anytime that I have to deal with law enforcement, I'm usually, you know, full respect, you have to because they're dealing with stuff that you just have no understanding of, at least for me, you know.
1: I so. was talking to a cop that pulled me over one time for speeding. And On your bike? Uh, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Awesome. He, um, I was like, you know, we just started talking and he said, you have no idea how many routine traffic stops turn into like a total crazy car chase across the city.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. It's weird. People think they're entitled to be like that, but I guess that's just a lot of weirdness that happens and doesn't make any sense, but it totally does at the same time. But the the idea that you're saying is painting the scene and realizing that not only that the client has to, to work with you on it, but you have to set them up for success when they're on their own, Dealing with trying to sell it and pitch it and all that stuff. And that's a really great way of looking at it. It makes the actual process of, of solving the problem that much bigger and more personal and almost in a sense, you know?
1: Well, it helps you stay on your game though too, because yeah, it is kind of harder to work your way through a mediocre solution. Yeah. Like it's easy to go to the cool stuff, you know, because really if we're honest with ourselves, it's so detached from reality sometimes that it's kind of easier to kind of, you know, do it that way rather than work through something that appears to be a really mediocre problem to solve.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Way of looking at it. So what's going on with your new projects and stuff that you're creating? I mean, you got quite a few things. You got the tyrant thing. You had that, um, let's see the man, let's see I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Uh, it's not loading it's that sci-fi piece that you built out it's really full of awesomeness thanks i remember you showed me that intuitive it was like oh man this is awesome the thing for science channel thank you yeah it's beautiful
1: that was fun i'm working on a um working on this show called breakthrough it's like six six different directors are all doing their own separate films for nat geo oh really that's yeah cool. And so I'm like shooting the directors doing a thing and then putting cool and then also developing like their promo package, but it's good.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. It's a lot of personal stuff, but then trying to dig into different little facets of the director's process and stuff.
1: Yeah. But I I love the client. The guys over there are just really nice. Is this at an Yeah.
0: Yeah. seems like you're creating a really cool, um, collaborative kind of, um, process with these guys huh yeah they're good to work with awesome a really great client with really good unspoken trust it just doesn't get better than that because they're feeding you and you're feeding them it's like this great kind of collaborative effort so it's really yeah special what's this strain thing that you did it's really cool it's got a bit of that um it's that one old process that one old film that you did a while back the title for yeah
1: that's another client i really like a lot but the people at FX are doing, like, a lot of really cool visual kind of, you know, it's it's marketing, but I think it's marketing at a higher level. It's more of like a cinematic kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, how do we say his name wrong? Guillermo? Don't Guillermo? Guillermo. <laughs> nah, Guillermo. 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 That's his thing. I don't watch that stuff, but. Yeah, it, right. I t- <laughs> it's a fun opportunity. Basically. You're not a horror fan? I'm not. I'm no. Not. I, well, I mean, I like scary things. I just, I don't love, I don't relax by sitting on a couch and watching <laughs> gore all night.
0: Yeah. This is, this is, uh, Del Toro's got, he's more into the gore stuff for sure. I'm not a big fan but, of gore myself.
1: But it's kind of a, I mean, isn't it kind of sort of a, a fun sort of be gore kind of?
0: that's what I think the strain is. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I think that's kind of what it is. It's got some kind of some fun madness and stuff.
1: Yeah. There's like a level of unseriousness about it. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it knows what it is basically from what I've understood. So, which is kind of, it's kind of cool. Definitely. Guillermo is he's really fun to work with. He's a, such a, such a ball of energy, such a really cool dude, really unique guy. Um, so the strain thing and then the man versus the universe. And then, um, I re- like, I remember you working on the ultimate, uh, survival in Alaska, that promo It's just like, I know, I think I saw it on TV and I know when I see something of yours, I'm like, ah, oh, that must be Danny that Danny did that. Or I, and then remember seeing it and going like, okay. And then I had to check the internet to make sure. So
1: <laughs> they're fun. They're just, you know, reality is reality. And, I think that's what I mean about some of the things we were just talking about is that it's easy to look at work like that or assignments like that as, eh, you know, it'll it'll always just be that.
0: You did an amazing job with taking it to the next level, though, because it could have just been footage. But the way you're flipping and rotating things and cutting things together, I really think that as far as my standpoint and observing your work from not I didn't work on this or knew anything about it. But seeing it's your style, like it's your it's, it's kind of a rare thing that it's, uh, not a lot of people understand it or, or are able to replicate it, which is probably good for you. Um, but you know, especially like the last part of that sequence where the guy's falling down over the snow and then it cuts into the guy that's holding the rope over like the cave or something. Then the other guy falling into the water, then transitions into the guy in the water. It's, it's, I don't know if you, do you plan this, these kind of things out when you see all this,
1: the footage that they're, they're giving to you, or are you just kind of I find those things in the process, you know, you probably work the same way. It's like, that's what I love about being hands-on is you won't see that if you're just sort of overseeing it, yeah. you, know, you you might see it, but when you're really in it and you're just, you know, your hands are in the clay and you're just always shaping that stuff and you're going to find these things, you know, throughout the process. So that's how I like to work. I also don't, I'm really not ashamed to take something that everyone thinks is totally crappy and make something cool out of it. I think actually that's a good position to be in sometimes.
0: It is really cool because um, it's and I think that just shows the level of your um, your abilities is. You should you should be taking that and discovering that at your level that should be like a thing that you can do. You should be able to show us all that didn't have faith in that idea how amazing it actually could be. You know, um, it's 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 easy to make cool stuff. I think personally, it really is. Um, the further you get down this pipeline, it is the harder tasks are making something that isn't as complex, um, really amazing and stand out and show the possibilities of things. You know, so. Yeah, damn you, Super Danny, but you, Mister, far from it. But these things are really great.
1: Oh, hold on now, hold on. You're quite an entrepreneur these days. You've got a lot going on. I think you have to. You
0: know, at least for me, I think that's kind of it. It goes hand in hand with raising a family and taking care of a lot of things. And and uh, yeah, I've stepped into the same kind of light as you have. Um, a lot of things are are still in development, so I haven't been able to show the last bit of years of work, but <laughs> as soon as but I can is gonna be special, so I'm excited.
1: Trailblazing that. though, from what I see, I see like you trying things a lot of people wouldn't have the guts to try, I think.
0: Thank you. I'm trying to. You know, I I I think we've talked a bit about it too. Um I really admired George Lucas when he was building all these things out and studying him. And I d- I actually just watched American graffiti again this
1: last weekend,
0: which is an amazing film. Have you seen that at re- any time recently?
1: No, one or two. I think there was two of them. Wasn't there? Oh, I don't know. I only watched the first
0: one. It was just the one that George uh, had yep. helped write and direct. Yeah. But it was just, for me, it was really, um, um, a special moment as far as watching that. And then, then I also watched THX 1138. Uh, yes. Which is, uh, which is amazing. It's so good.
1: Well, if you look, it, look at all the references that were pulled from THX 1138 throughout the years after that.
0: Oh, yeah. Crazy well, amounts. I was influenced by it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that. There yeah. you go.
1: <laughs> Anyone it, who trashes on the later years of Star Wars really needs to take a look at that film.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's, one, that's one thing I really admire and love that I'm going... I think a lot of people have have written George off as being a failure in film and stuff. And I'm saying, wait, well, hold on a minute. Um, let's go into the vaults of this and study this person's life and analyze it and really give it a good proper perspective. And for me, watching these films, American Graffiti is a great character piece. You take American Graffiti and you merge it with THX 1138. You have a film called Star Wars. I mean, that's it. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's amazing. And that's what I'm works, just- you know.
1: And they invented motion control. They invented (laughs) so many things.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so many
1: things. It's amazing.
0: Well, I was actually watching Dune, the film Dune as well. Remember Dune, the David Lynch one? Yeah. And I watched that one, and then I watched Star Wars, and I was trying to place, like, okay, why does this film look way better? This one film looks way better in my personal perspective. I felt like Dune was lit like Wizard of Oz, where it was like nobody turned off the studio lights. Everything is lit.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> think that's a certain style, though, that they were just going forward. It it's,
0: is. But it, <laughs> for me, it's like, man, come on, where's the noir? You know, like, yeah. take, turn all those lights off. Just put one light over there. <laughs> I, there was The electric bill on that job must have been crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's very. I don't know. It's very British to kind of do films that way.
0: That's true. Huh, um, that era, too. I think it was... Uh, a de- very much a choice of that era i think we'll see the. um what do you think that when people look back 10 years from now or 20 years from now look at our era what is it is it the superhero movie is it the lens flare what I is think,
1: it i think you're right i think it's the superhero era you know like crazy superhero stuff it's it's almost too much marvel itself just has this incredible franchise you know that unfortunately i don't think dc will ever be able to you know meet
0: it's not as cohesive i think that's for sure Uh, i think the marvel universe is i think it's because it was comprised around uh, a smaller group of people and kind of how it was developed and the main core of it at least you know so and you have these different um you know it's just a different path i think which is interesting too it's two totally the same world but completely competitive you know but in my perspective, it's like it doesn't really matter because there's there's good and bad about both of them, and it doesn't really pan out. You know, because I tried rewatching some of the the other the new recent X Men movies, and actually, for how complex they are, they're, they're done pretty damn well. Yeah. Uh, I would never I'd want to make one of those films; it'd be so
1: really. I really want Spider Man to get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intro, Like when I, I want I read all those comics when I was a kid. I just can't wait for someone to just. Due to Batman, what they did to Spider Man,
0: you I want mean, to see a real bet ba- like a real Spider Man,
1: due to Spider Man, what they did to Batman, like, like turning it, you know, make it become like this dark, kind of relevant, cool thing again.
0: I think they really tried to. I think the problem that you have when you take that leap, this is what I think is a problem for me when I watch these films, is they're they're caught between these two things, they're caught between fan service, which is bad, and then they're caught between that and then the reality of things like trying to connect it to a contemporary reality approach to things. I think the the reason why Nolan is able to pull off Batman is because Batman's an actual person and Bruce Wayne is an actual person and it's a
1: bat.
0: <laughs> you can connect it to reality though, you know, and I think with Spider-Man it's, it takes a bit of a leap, it's very much imaginative. So it's almost theatrical, you know. And it becomes very complex and hard to kind of bring those two worlds together and create that. I would love to take a pass at that. I'm always, when I watch these films, I, I think, oh, I should write a treatment of this and try to see about getting funding to go make it. And so people can see the reality of this possible universe, you know, cause it's just building universes, you know, but there's only so much time in the day. I'd rather do other things. So I don't want to make, I don't want to make Spider-Man. I can make my own Spider-Man. So that's kind of the decision. So,
1: well maybe that's the beauty of today. It's you can.
0: Yeah, that's really where I think we are now though, is you have, you know, and when you see things amazing things like what Raul put together, um, you see what one person's capable of doing, um, that person combined with another person at that same level, maybe like a team of five of them, they can almost make a future film, you know, if you really think about it. Yeah. Um there's a film, we talked a little bit about horror. I talk about this film quite a bit. And actually one of the past guests, he did the score for it. There's this horror film called It Follows. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, not yet. You should check it out. I won't say anything but that. You should check it I, out.
1: I like the idea that it. it looks really creepy. <laughs> it's super creepy.
0: It has some really special moments. It's like some old, very proper nods to like John Carpenter and stuff like that, which is really great. Some really cool moments. Is there any films that you've seen recently that have inspired you, have got you excited about film? Or television shows for that matter.
1: I really I really liked um, I don't think I'm saying this right, ex machina, ex machina. Oh
0: ex machina or ex machina? yeah I do not I d I don't I don't know what's sort of say thing. people say it both ways. They say ex machama <laughs> Yes. Ex machina. Yeah. I, thought,
1: I thought this the thing that impressed me the most about it was that somebody took that genre and brought it into a, an amazing modern stylistic event. And yeah. not something that's like pretentious, but something that could possibly exist, you know, and I they agree. didn't overdo it. Like they kept it very minimal. I really love that about that film.
0: It's a very isolated world. You yeah. can almost feel the budget in that film, you know, which is great. I love that. There was a lot of really creative problem solving in that in that film that I really enjoyed a lot of character development and work too yeah it's interesting i like there's that that movie has such a mixed review from so many people that i know i personally really enjoyed it it wasn't perfect by any means but it had so much great qualities to it that i really admired and all the same things that you liked is there any other films that you've seen recently that you enjoyed i
1: (laughs) i was i actually went and saw that earthquake movie with the rock oh my god yeah you saw
0: that how was that it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Those oh, movies was- are all hilarious. They're visual effects of house movies.
1: Yeah, I was really in one of these really weird moods. I'm like, let's just go see this thing. <laughs> I actually, had fun. It was kind of funny.
0: That's cool. That's but- what those movies are meant for, though. You know, you can't go there <laughs> taking it serious. You know.
1: No, no way. I think Jurassic was the same way, but it was better. <laughs> yeah, you
0: watch that. What was your thoughts on the new Jurassic Park film?
1: I, liked it. I actually liked it.
0: Yeah, it was just a fun ride for you.
1: I think so. Yeah,
0: but, how does know, it stack up against the old,
1: the old goodness? It does. It it can never because back then, to actually see a CG dinosaur that was believable was something that completely blew your mind.
0: Yeah, it, it totally because, does. <laughs> it was it, like, what the hell? <laughs>
1: it totally did because anything before that was animatronics. And so it was pretty amazing. It was a
0: really amazing time in film, I think, too. Yeah. I look I I'm also studying Spielberg because he's a phenomenon as well and an amazing, amazing talent. And uh, he actually said something interesting um, recently where he said that he thinks that film, the film industry itself is going to implode on itself just because of what's what is happening, yeah. um, which I felt is kind of depressing. But at the same time, it's time for change, you know. So it's just what's going to happen, unfortunately. I loved uh, Interstellar.
1: I thought Interstellar was
0: good. It had some really uh, fantastic moments. It's a beautiful film, too. They used a lot of practical effects, too. Yeah. For a crazy I mean, amount of practical effects.
1: I mean, the bookshelf scene at the oh, end. so good. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Worth the whole film. Yeah.
0: The Tesseract is amazing. I love Bradley that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. How cool is that? That film had some amazing special effects in it as well. And I think it had some really cool um story moments as well i mean whether you liked it or not there's a couple of silly moments of course but yeah, you get to be it, in the mood for it i think amazing movie to see in the theater though this i had to see that in the theater i think i saw an imax i saw Interstellar
1: yeah. in imax too one one movie recently i saw that's just dialogue that was unbelievable i thought was a most violent year i haven't
0: seen that yet i've heard
1: that's been there that's really good well, what's so amazing about it is how fantastic they made such a simple idea, but also how restrained hmm. they were in, in making that film. Yeah. Like, it just really holds up well.
0: Do you get excited and inspired when you see a film like that? Like, what's your feeling, your mind after that? It is
1: I do. Like, King's Speech was that way. It just, because you realize it. It's just a, it seems so smart to be able to do something like that. You know, it's such an intelligent thing. Like it's really easy to just pound something with complexity and everyone like it because of that. It's a totally different deal to take something incredibly simple and make it amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the King speech yet. There's quite a few films. Some of my favorite films are very simple. Have you seen a uh, night crawler?
1: Yes. I like Mike Crawler. That That's
0: wasn't good. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is crushing it, man. He's amazing. Yeah, he is. He's really become a quite the, the top tier of our, you know, actors these days. How about, um, Birdman? Have you watched that?
1: I liked Birdman. That, that was, was nuts, it, man. I wasn't hot on the ending, but everything else about Birdman was unbelievable. Even the soundtrack. I love the drums throughout the whole thing. It was great.
0: Yeah. And how, speaking of drums, there's also that one with the drummer kid. Um, what was that movie? Uh,
1: oh, oh, yes. Um, gosh darn it. What was that?
0: Yeah, what the heck? I have the soundtrack in my phone. Let me look. I have, it's weird. I think I'm consuming so much stuff that I my my memory um, is just horrible. It's just becoming worse and worse. There's the Joust drummer.
1: Gosh darn Yeah,
0: let's see. Uh, it's right here. Oh, is it here? I guess it's not on my phone anymore. Yeah, it's going to kill me. I have to Google it. Or it's going to drive me nuts. That was unbelievable. People thing. listening are like yelling at it. At us.
1: <laughs> well, what's so great about that film, though, is it really isn't far from the truth of, it's what, great. of what you have to go through to really get in on the big stuff. It's called like, Whiplash.
0: Yeah, I couldn't whiplash. agree more. Whiplash, yeah. It reminded me of my first year in this industry.
1: Yeah, like, like significantly did. Right. You yeah. really have to. I mean, obviously, with any film, you know, we have to have a level of exaggeration for us to be fully engaged. But there's so much truth to that as a story of how I mean, I mean, a black swan did the same thing. You yeah. kind of have to lose yourself in order to sort of, you know, figure out what you're made of.
0: You shed your skin and change into a different, um, person. Yep. And I think the thing that you and I talk quite talk about quite a bit is, is retaining yeah. some of that, that last skin, you know, I'm yeah. um, not losing that. And I think the reason why we can't is because we have families and right. people that don't change as drastically as us. And we have to remember that it's damaging, <laughs>
1: You can, you can lose your soul if you, if you're not careful.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I loved whiplash. I thought that was incredible and simple and just perfectly put. And it was just like yes. a little epic experience. And it reminded me, like you said, I think it's the same thing. It's, it takes so much to be great. It takes, it, it takes a, a complete transformation of yourself entirely. And you don't even know it. You don't even know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was a great one. I really loved that film. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's talk about a couple more things and I'll just jump off if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, and the one thing that I think that you're, you've you been able to master in your career is understanding how to put together an amazing reel of your work. Thank you. The best reel I think I've ever seen in my entire life of anything and all this stuff, yeah. everything that I've seen, is that one reel that you made at the crazy... Like all the crazy... The oh,
1: well, Who's that? uh I- it's. I think Stash Magazine put that on their site. They liked it so much. Dude, it
0: is, it's incredible. They have good taste is why. What was the um, – I'm drawing I a blank for them.
1: I finally ha- – I, I did a ton of film work during that period, and I finally sat down to do a reel, and I, I had so much of it. I was like, gosh, there's a – I got to do something with this that's really, you know, kinetic. And so I found that piece by Venetian Snares. Venetian Snares, that's it, yeah. And it worked, it, it just, it was just one of those things that worked perfectly for me because I also had a section of Warner Brother logos that I needed to be kind of silent. And I didn't really think much of it, but the wonderful thing was when I would show it at conferences, when I would speak, everyone thought it was over. And so they would start applauding and then it would <laughs> get into the second act. Oh, dude. It just became a, a really good thing.
0: Oh man that that reel is just uh, yeah it's just crush it crushes it all crushes it's, everything. It's,
1: it's all downhill from here
0: though. So. I was going to ask you. So I watched your newest reel, and I'm not saying it's downhill at all. But the choice of music is really unique, and it's interesting the way you put it together. When you make your reel now, do you look back at that one as an example, and how do you kind of overcome that? Because I really I don't use this word a lot. And i'm referring it to that project and what you did with that reel that's a masterpiece reel that's a memorable i will not forget it ever like i remember some of the transitions and the inspiration that it gave me and i always thought to myself like damn it like that's the bell curve right there like damn like i gotta figure a way how am i gonna make something that good you know so
1: <laughs> I always had fun making reels it's something I, I like cutting the music it's a lot of fun but The Gorgall, what is it, Gorgall Bordello is the, I just chose something really kind of funny and goofy. Yeah. This new one. And I like it. It was fun. And I did that, though, because everyone was, you know, all the sales people were like, well, you're real. It's just way too long. Like, (laughs) you have to do something about that. So I had to bring it down to two minutes. and, And then while I was at it, I just thought, why not just be kind of fun, you know, not get all serious and stuff. So,
0: but. That's a good way of looking at it, too. I think when everybody's doing like dubstep and stuff. Yeah, well, I, you should do a dubstep one. I'm,
1: do it. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm old. I can't be doing dubstep. you got to do dubstep. <laughs> yeah. What kind of music are you into these days? I, dubstep?
1: You know, I, I don't know. This is going to sound probably silly to a lot of people, but I love ambient music.
0: Oh, I love ambient music, too. I create to it a lot. What's um, some ambient music that you've been into?
1: There's um, Castle Park Stars is one of them, but there's a whole bunch of people that I just kind of find stuff that I like. I even forget a lot of their names. I think Grouper is one of them. Hmm. Um, You're listening to Nils Fram? Tycho is good. Nils Fram's good. Um, yeah. Lossow I like. Um, who else? That whole genre, I think, is really – I like a lot of the indie stuff, but a lot of it to me just feels like – Sort of cheap rip-offs of stuff that existed in the seventies, which I'm really familiar with. So that's kind of it's hard for me to get really sucked into that world, you know.
0: Yeah, it's. I guess it just it's like a feel thing, though, too, because you're a musician, so you kind of understand the integrity and honesty of creating music, and so you can probably feel right through it.
1: So, I like the older artists for that reason. You know, they yeah. didn't have the ability to edit stuff the way we do now. Yes. Yeah when they sat in those sessions it had to be right i like listening to that stuff
0: there's something that to be said about creating work that's um permanent um, within with i think it's an intent you know it's an intention thing you know you have to have your intent really strong and know about your intent you know so
1: well, what do you listen to
0: uh man there's so much stuff i've been really going back into some weird stuff uh it depends on what mood i'm in Uh, i listen to a lot of this like prog rock band called circus revive lately which is interesting um it's like metal but this guy who sings he has this crazy voice so it's a lot of fun um then today i was listening to digitalism which is you you know digitalism right yeah we listen to a lot of this kind of stuff at Jiu Jitsu. So, like, I love this kind of stuff, electronica. Um, but yeah, I've listened to a lot of Nils Fram and a ton of um, movie scores. Yeah. And I listen to, probably in a weird way, it's probably weird that I do that, but um, a lot of it's audiobooks. So, I listen to a ton of audiobooks. And um, I listen to the, the scores of the music that I'm making for the projects quite a bit listen to them intensely and the, the stuff for the video game that I'm making to like listen to a lot of that as well. So yeah, it's like never ending though. I'm thinking about getting Apple music.
1: I hear it's good.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about it because, um, I have so much music on my computer, but it would be really great to just have it on the go whenever I need it or whenever I want to listen to something. And, um, I didn't jump on the whole, uh, was it was like radio or, um, What's that thing called? The app that everybody was doing, Spotify or something like that.
1: I've been using that for a while. Do you like that? I did. I I mean, I'll have to see how Apple is so much better, but I like Spotify. Yeah, I figured Apple would probably have something pretty cool, so I'm going to use. I'm I gonna think give it's, that to go, I, but I feel guilty at the same time. I feel I know a lot of pro musicians, and I feel really bad for what happened to their industry.
0: Yeah, um, it's going to happen to our industry too.
1: it it, it already is in some ways but just i don't know there we are a little bit different in other ways
0: it's totally it will we're totally different but the same thing i think it's all consumption we're creating uh assets for consumption it's just the speed of consumption is so crazy
1: that's, that's the thing is i find today that people are less excited about really great motion work than they used to be. That's yeah. The thing is there's just this attitude, you know, that it's, it's so much everywhere now that all of it collectively doesn't mean as much as it used to. It's not as special anymore.
0: It's really unfortunate. I find myself, too, I'm a bit jaded now because I've seen so much of it. Uh, I remember some of the people I used to work with, they would, I'd be like, wow, look at this. this is so cool. Oh, wow. And they'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, what, why aren't you excited about this? And yeah. I find myself being that same way. I really want to try and reprogram myself. So I'm not so jaded. Um, it's, it's tough though. You know, I think, I think there's a really important thing about being romantically in love with what you do.
1: Yeah. Um, and- it's challenging yeah. though. I think you maintain it by just trying something you totally that really puts you out of your element.
0: Yeah, but you know, like you didn't like for example, if we use this conversation as an example, like you went out and tried the nine to five at a corporate company, a yep. massive one, and then that experience is like, oh, I want to go back to doing the motion graphic stuff. You know, like it probably allowed you to be when you came back to it, where you energized
1: about. I won so much, so I just miss- loved it. I missed it so much that the project that I was on, I remember people saying to me, gosh, you're like a little kid.
0: <laughs> that's great. And I think that's what a good break will do to you, you know? Yeah. I think it's important. How important is it to take breaks in your, in your, in your career?
1: It's incredibly important, especially the older you get. You just, you'll wear down and you'll become dull if you don't do that. You have to be very careful.
0: How often are you trying to make sure that you take a break?
1: i usually try to hit a good break after i've really done a big project that's you know and as you know any really big project can kind of wear you out yeah it's, dude it's not always a good idea to just jump on to the next one you know sometimes you have to but if you have the luxury of even taking two days or four days you need to do it yeah what's a
0: good amount of i like i think it's hard for me sometimes because when I look at the stamina that it takes to create great work and working on top things with top people, it takes so much energy. And then the moment that I take a break from that and then I have to go back to it, it's almost like, uh, I was going a hundred miles an hour. I jump off, and I f- roll until I stop and I sit there and I take a nap and then I wake up and I go, Oh shit, I got to jump back in this train and jumping onto a hundred mile an hour going train is yeah, your arms rip off. <laughs> like, it's really <laughs> challenging to do so. You it's know, It's a good
1: way to look at it actually. But, but Isn't
0: that true though? Do you have that downward spiral when you kind of have to go back to the, the, the hundred mile an hour.
1: Sprint? That's why I do it after the project's done because yeah, you're right. You cannot lose that momentum. I mean, sometimes You just crash into a wall and you have no choice, but you have to rest, but you can't lose that momentum because you will, if you take those four days, like two thirds of the way, you know, before the project's over with.
0: Yeah. I think that's a real tough one. That's one thing that I fight with a lot and I can only actually take a decent break. If I've completely depleted myself, everything's checked off and and done. I think I've matured quite a bit as as far as, uh, I don't know, maybe you have this thought too, but I always worry that everything's just going to fall. And it like, it's yeah. all, it's all held up by like just a shoestring, string and it's going to just break at any time. And I really need to be cautious of that and try to focus on making sure that it, I, you know, I'm always there at the seat, you know, but I think that's a fear thing. And I really got to be cautious of it or I'm
1: going to die unhappy. Well, <laughs> it can't drive you nuts, but I think that's what always separates those who excel from those who don't is that level of care and concern, mm. you know? I'm, I'm the same way with that stuff. And and I have experienced those things falling apart because I, you know, just let it slip just that one day that I probably shouldn't have.
0: Yeah. And it's a really tough one, though. But I think yeah. that's good. When, are you going to ever take a sabbatical? Is that something of interest for you? Are you able to? Well,
1: I, these days, and this is what I like about having a company, is I do because I – don't have any other choice when the season, you know, gets slower, you know, like at the beginning of this year, I had that, but it's kind of a wonderful thing, but it's also a challenge to learn to go, okay, you know, the work's going to pick up again. You better take advantage of this time while you have it. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of learning through that stuff right now.
0: And what do you do when you take these sabbaticals or this moment? Do you, do you take time to yourself to be a human being or do you take time to learn and new things? Practices and programs and stuff like that, or are you I'll, completely disconnected?
1: Well, I'll just do stuff around the house. I'll take trips, so you know, just a lot of that kind of stuff to just kind of. um I won't think about work. I don't. I ju- when I'm when I'm done with work, I just completely shut the door and don't think about it until I have to come back at it again. Yeah, I like to try to force myself to separate it. Like I don't. I used to use that time to focus on a reel and you know update the side and I would get all crazy with that stuff but when I did that so many times in a row the you know like a year <laughs> through, you know how it is yeah, it's like habit you reach a point where you're just like gosh man if i if i would have just not been such a crazy obsessive person during that two weeks i could have went and had a nice trip somewhere and and came back totally refreshed
0: that's a very mature standpoint though i think and it takes like it takes you know, I would think there's people listening that are, are starting out in their career and they're looking at people like us that have, um, accomplished quite a bit, especially you, um, accomplished a tremendous amount in your career and still knowing that it's, it's tough, you know, and it's like trying to find <laughs> that balance between the, the hard work and also putting it all together so that you can have time to rest and stuff. And it's, it's, it's daunting. That's for sure. Do you I mean- feel, Go ahead,
1: sorry. You learn those lessons though when you do something stupid. Like I remember remember one year, I think I took the whole Christmas break to like work on my reel, and then I and then I hated it. Like (laughs) I I didn't even use it, and it's like what a waste of what could have been a really good you know time off with family.
0: (laughs) I think I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, (laughs) it's tough. Yeah. And that's a, that's a decision that you can't go back on, you know? It's like just kind of, it is what it is and moving forward. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But then it's good to also, like you said, remember these moments and not forget these decisions made and, and what they led to. So, and at the level that you're at now, like being able to be mature about it, taking time to yourself. We, I bring up that Stefan Sagmeister guy who takes breaks. I think he takes yeah, every, every fifth year, he takes a year off or something. I have a couple friends that yeah. take time off to themselves. You know, it would be crazy. Can you imagine taking a year off though?
1: Yeah that I, that's brilliant actually but i mean you know good for him he can do that a lot of people don't have that luxury
0: sure Well, he's but, designed his life i think in order to achieve that you know yeah it's a little bit more difficult if i mean it's all choices we could do it if we wanted to uh, do it bad enough i mean we've made it this far we could make it cha- we can make a choice like that it's just i think it's a little bit more difficult when you choose to have Say like a family and a mortgage and um all these kind of consistencies yeah. that are a little bit more trying and tribulating, you know. So yeah. I see some of my friends who go and do these crazy motorcycle experiences like cr- crossing the the country or traveling up and going and seeing these amazing experiences out in like New Zealand and I'm I going like, Wow man, that's fucking so cool. Like I really wish I had that experience, but
1: then they planned it, you know. They Oh yeah. But they don't have the kids and you know, like right. yeah that's what i mean actually and yeah you. <laughs> i <planned it. laughs> yeah. for you, you were able to do that that's really great so, it's
0: really cool you know and but at the same time they don't know what i don't know if they know what it's like to have their kid tell them that they love them and they just you know you're everything to your kid and that's a unique experience in and of itself you know so
1: i love that i'll, I'll miss vacations over that stuff yeah your boys are pretty big now right Yeah, college. They're both in one, one got out of college and he just got a job in Seattle and one is in college in Seattle, which is cool because they're going to kind of hang out together.
0: That's cool. Are
1: they close? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's good. Inseparable.
0: Oh, that's cool. They're pretty close in age too. Yeah. uh, Four years apart. Oh, that's pretty far apart, but that's not too bad. I think that's a threshold. Anything beyond that kind of breaks apart from what I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah that's cool and how's that like like how's that for you guys i mean so one of them's out of the house and then one of them's on its on his way out is that kind of a unique experience for you and your wife as far as
1: it's, it's still a transitory period you know but yeah it, it is a different there's a lot of good stuff about it there's a lot of stuff that's like wow you know we have to stare at each other all day now <laughs> <laughs> so, damn <laughs> <laughs> no, no but i mean that sounds harsh but no that is though. a reality and that's why a lot of marriages fall apart in these years is because they then you know where they're at at that point they kind of have to face that at closer range but fortunately vicky and i have always come of maintained our marriage so but now you have a daughter
0: yeah so. yeah she's 10 years old so she's going to be there Another eight years or so, eight or ten years. So we're halfway. We're halfway. Everybody's asking, my wife and I, Are you guys gonna have another kid? And um, I don't know. I'm pretty selfish about this stuff, man. I think we're already halfway there with Kira. I, I,
1: mean, I don't see you as that kind of person. I see you as someone who is just more careful about it. You know, you don't want to do it badly.
0: No, that's a you got to be a good parent. You know, that's an important job, and I don't want to bring somebody into this world that I'm not personally ready. I, I think I'd be fine. The, 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 these are the two comedy kind of jokes that I make when people ask me that. I say, well, there's two factors that are deterring me from making this decision: is a, I can't determine what that baby is, whether it's going to be a complete asshole or not, and then I can't, I can't, because I mean. Let's face it. We all know people that have kids that suck, you know, and it's not even the parents are really cool people and their kids.
1: They have some things to do with that. I think
0: some, of course, the way that they maneuver and work with that kid socially. And then the way that they understand that kid, yeah, but I
1: mean, their kids, they're selfish. They, that's all they know is what they want.
0: Yes, of course. And it's definitely a lot of it's parenting, but a lot of it's like, Whoa, like you're, that kid is chemically imbalanced. You, you couldn't even, you couldn't even control that kid if you wanted to.
1: You never and, know what you're going to end up
0: with. Totally, know. and I love having my daughter, but I'm outnumbered in the house, so I want a little boy. Like I want a little dude, like a little maybe, mini me. I can't. Yeah. I can't make that call. So, for those I, two factors, I say no.
1: <laughs> I think now you can do some crazy DNA gene splitting thing where you can. your Hire yeah. a having you know what
0: you want yeah people do that and i just feel like that's weird too personally um maybe not i mean it's it's a huge decision and maybe you should have a control over that um people are probably yelling at me and i'll use you misogynist asshole i don't really care but <laughs> i mean it's just me i'm in the house like you know there's these little things like if you want to watch the television show it's most of the things that i'll enjoy with my wife and daughter are feminine based you know and it drives me nuts a little bit. I'm a dude. I don't want to watch dancing people and singing I, people all the I time.
1: Have a good friend who has three daughters and they rule the house. I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's gnarly. I mean, I love them, and that's it's. But they operate differently, and they're very emotional. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like just toughen up, like stop crying about it. You know, like <laughs> I probably sound like such a horrible dad. I'm really not. Yeah. I think I'm okay. It's just, I'm very, I'm very real with my family. Yeah. I don't mess around. Like they know exactly how I feel when I feel it and I love them and they love me. And it's just kind of, that's how our work, that's how our, our, our household flows, you know? So
1: Don't we'll have a little dude though. Too. Oh
0: Man, I would love to, like I said, if I could control, if my If I had a kid as a boy and he was awesome, uh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll sign the paper. Now I just can't control those things. And for those reasons, I'm sure if I had a dollar, I'd I'd be freaking amazed and so stoked as well. It doesn't. I I don't think that would really it's it's more of a joke that I'm making, you know, so
1: you have a 50 50 chance. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. And my wife, we're we're both getting a little older. My wife's six years ahead of me. And she's like, you better hurry up. You're going to want this is this gates closing soon. I'm like, wow, oh, man, the pressure, you know, so <laughs> I feel like I'm just becoming a man now. So <laughs> at 32. So it's tough, you know, having this stuff and balancing it out. And honestly, like we talk a bit about the industry and how shaky and crazy it is. And I'm not sure if I personally want to be in it for a long time. You know, I love it. I love the the feeling of certain things and these experiences, but I'm trying to figure out different ways of manifesting um, a way of life that doesn't constitute for me being stuck in the chair all day long. You know,
1: yeah. I, I mean my greatest fear of aging in the industry has always been being that, you know, guy with gray hair being told what to do by a bunch of thirty year olds, you know, like someone who Used to be someone that's now just kind of working there, and that's I, a
0: re, that's a relevant fear that to have. I mean, that's that's a weird thing to say because relevant well, fear shouldn't be connected. But it's also why I had to start
1: a company. That's the only way to really avoid. That.
0: Do you think that's a way of keeping yourself relevant
1: uh, and ahead of that curve? Well, of having control over how you you want to do things at your own pace. Yeah. you don't want you don't want to be in that position when you're. old oh, unless. You know, they're a great group of people that just love you and you love them and everything's rosy, but that's not how this industry works at all.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a very cutthroat kind of thing as it's designed, it's very discriminatory. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. And that's but that really be, the beautiful thing about it. And I've, you know, I've, I've encountered it with um, this podcast, for example, as far as uh, um, just the, the, qu- the quantity of male people that are on here rather than female. And I don't even, I don't pay attention to that stuff. That's not one thing that I focus on, but I've been called out on it many times because of it. Um, I just don't really think of it really. Um, but at the same time, I think what the beauty of that is I only respond to people's work on the internet. And I say, this is really great work. I would love to hear what this person thinks and how they operate, bring them on the show. And then we have them on the show. And so there's kind of, a, you could be a gray haired wizard out in like, Swahili just crushing it just fucking destroying the industry you know from your computer you know I've met those people I love those people and I hate them yeah yeah which is great which I think is really awesome that's another part of this this industry that's really amazing especially with where it's going now which, which is the world's getting smaller and people are able to
1: collaborate and get closer and tighter Um, you know, in terms of discrimination, I think just, it's just always, and I don't think it's because people single out women versus men. I think it's because to women, this business is just not very attractive. Yeah.
0: I think it's, 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 it's per case situation. I think that this, this is a very unique, uh, we've, we've both worked with amazing female talent Yeah, and I think,
1: think, you know, what's that?
0: like Lilith. Lilith's epic, man. What's up, Lilith out there? Lisa. I mean, Lisa, ball ends amazing. You know, there's so many, um, no, there's such amazing people. And I think it's, I think it's, it's just different. I think it's a definite, like, for me, it's like that whole situation is kind of complicated, you know, because it's not, it's just, it's a trend in this industry that I have no control over, you
1: know, so they have to be in this environment where I mean if we want to be kind of more real about it they have to be in this environment where boys are really being boys you know and it's just not yeah <laughs> it's not the most attractive environment in us especially in a shop where they're everyone's just sweating and stinky and they got to <laughs> get the work done you know there's people walking around in their socks
0: yeah you know? so, that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's a it's a it's an industry for a very particular kind of person. I equate it to the same thing as um, jujitsu, for example. Like I've tried to turn a lot of my friends into trying it out. It's an incredibly challenging thing. You go there, you get humbled every time. You get your ass kicked, and you're you almost die every time, basically. In the most casual of ways, like I'm not trying to turn anybody off from it. You're getting choked. You're basically you're going against another human being, and you're trying to see who can outwit and outdo physically the other person. Right. I personally thrive that is my world i love jujitsu because of that it's very honest and it's very unfiltered and you, yeah you just can't fuck around when you're in that realm i love it it's apps. it's right. almost opposite to this realm where it's like you can talk shit and have opinions about it over the internet and people can be bitchy over twitter and all that stupid, frivolous bullshit, you know, that people thrive on these days. Jiu jitsu is not that. And I love that outlet for me personally. Yeah. So, what I've learned is that it takes a certain ter- type of personality to experience in that. And I've had, a, I've brought friends over to try it, and it just doesn't work for everybody. And what I think it would be great, it doesn't, you know. So, and I've met women in this industry that fucking crush it, and they're so talented and so yeah. amazing, and they fit so perfectly. And I've also met men, and that's what I think I'm getting at is, to me, it never really was a man and a woman thing. It was just a person thing, you know? And that's the thing I love about it. And to go back to talking about the, the argument of, you know, or the fear of being that old guy and with gray hair and being like being told what to do by, you know, 20 year olds and shit like that just sucks. You know, like who wants to be that person, but at the same time, I think in this industry you can be that person and live away from it and just crush it, do amazing work and just do your thing, you know?
1: I think I had that fear though, because when I was that age, when I was in my thirties, I viewed old people that way. Yeah. Well, that's where that fear comes from. Cause you know
0: what that feeling is and then you're looking at it now with yep. perspective. But I think with you, what you're saying is to ward off that fear is by having your own company and having your own kind of your own
1: path and stuff. And, well, just anyway. being in control of your destiny that way. Yeah. It's more of a discipline of, it's career navigation it's no different than you deciding what projects to take on to shape your reel the way you want it to be shaped
0: absolutely and you've decided to do to do and take on as much of the work that you can that will make you happy and at the same time get you continual work and stuff so and i think you're seeing the value of just creating a really special unique um kind of uh connection and bond with your employers so that you can kind of continue rather than just trying to be Vimeo staff pick and all that stuff. And yeah, which is cool. It has its own place, but it that, that shit doesn't pay the bills, you know?
1: I Well, what I've learned, though, too, though, if that's your focus, you're probably not going to achieve it to how you want. You know, like th- there is, you can sort of formulaically, I guess, come up with stuff that you know will make it, in that but that to me and I've practiced that but that to me is just a really vain pursuit yeah in this in this you know in the scale of things like in the scope of things
0: well, I think the the problem with that, from my standpoint, is you think you're appealing to everybody, and then you'll have 150 comments. Oh, it's amazing. You're the best. And you're like, yeah, I'm the best. And then one person will say, "How oh, you fucking suck. And you're like, oh, what? No. Like, it ruins everything, you know, and it just throws everything out the bag. And then you have to go back and start again. And so... I think designing your career around being trying to appeal to everybody is uh, you're just going to set yourself up for failure from my standpoint, you know, because it'll
1: wear you out.
0: Oh yeah. Easily. You You can't, you just can't, you can't
1: appeal to everybody, you know, it's just part of it. We all have so much energy, you know, and we have so much youth. And the truth is if we, if we really were honest with ourselves and real, you know, there's a lot of those works. No one made any money off that stuff. No one pleased to, a client, you know, they just bled and they found a way to get it up, up on there. And that's a worthwhile pursuit. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's great to have that experimental work, but if you're living with the reality of getting paid, you know, you got to balance that stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, t- let's, let's, final this baby out with one last solid question, I think would be great for everybody to know. Sure. What is, uh, what do you got going on for your future? What are you thinking about, where are you going to be, and do you think about that? And what's what's the next five years look like for for you?
1: I don't have a master plan, other than I want to end well and I want to end up in a very quiet existence. So I'm. You I have, end well? We have, I have about five years. I have, <laughs> 50 I my, years.
0: <laughs> so
1: I have my sights on living back in the Northwest again. I'd like to be there. Um, I want to live in a cabin in the woods and kind of. Most of my decision making today is kind of geared toward that. At least that's what I'd like to kind of fantasize about now.
0: You're thinking about like um, you're still going to be working in this industry, but living a lifestyle that you've been wanting for quite a while.
1: Yeah, I want the most wired cabin in the
0: Cascades. <laughs> <laughs> like the cabin in the, uh, the Ex Machina movie? Yeah. Oh, that thing was sick. Well, that sounds great because then you're kind of focusing on your next stage and then finding that peace and solace inside yourself. I find myself fantasizing by similar things. So I think that kind of...
1: You're too young to fantasize about that. So. Oh,
0: man, I feel like I've already lived 20 lives. <laughs> I'm tired. My back. No, that's that's really cool, though. I'm looking forward to that for you. I love that.
1: You know that poem in, uh, in Interstellar? Um, in What is it? Oh gosh, I have it loaded here. Is It's, that, it's the, that Robert Frost poem? Which one is it? Do not go gentle into that good night. Hmm. Like that's how I view these years. It's just like fight and rage against all of those things that people say that you shouldn't be doing because you're this age or whatever. You know, I just I, that's what I mean by ending well. Like I want to get everything I can out of these next years.
0: No, and and you have so much to do still. I'm sure you know. It's just, it's funny like when you talk about this when you get old, older. You know, because I have it for myself too. And when I interact with people that are younger, there's quite a few people from even jujitsu that are quite a bit younger than me. And I find myself going like, shit, like you don't even know what MTV is and all that stuff. I'm like, wow, like I feel so old. But it's it's funny because we're still super young as far as experience. And then what I mean by young is.
1: Your optimism and your perspective of your own reality. And I th- I think you're right. I mean, my heroes in the film business are like Ridley Scott and Clint Eastwood. Dude, epic <laughs> dudes, man, crushers. Holy, totally. they're in their
0: seventies. Yeah, they? even the guy who made uh, Mad Max is seven. I think it's in the seventies too. And he just he made one of the biggest blockbusters <laughs> of our recent time. You know, it's yes. like yeah. crushing it, man. So. Yep yeah, I think that poem is perfectly set. And I'm, I don't know, I'm personally as a fan of your work and, you know, obviously, as you know, I'm excited to see what that really entails and stuff. And I love sitting on the sidelines, watching all this thing, all these things and being inspired by it personally, you know? And so. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on again. This has been awesome. I'm really, I'm really stoked that we got a chance to do this. So, and for thank coming you. on for at such, such short notice. So I appreciate it.
1: I'm flattered. You're, Your podcast is amazing. You've done so many good. You've had so much amazing talent on. Thank you. you. And just to, I know this is hard to do because you're a very busy guy. So I think everybody really appreciates that you've done this for you know so many people.
0: I'm just thankful that we continue to do it. So yeah, and I appreciate it. And this is it's an equal exchange. So I really appreciate it. Kelly, thanks for having me. Ash, you're welcome. See you, Danny. Have a great day, man, or a great night. You
1: too. We'll talk to you
0: later. See ya. Bye. And that does it for this week's episode. Big thank you to Danny for joining us on and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to Danny's work in all of the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 113, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful and be prolific. Peace out.